Okay, welcome to episode number five. five. It's taken yeah. us a long time to get you. And by the way, we need to do the opening here quite quickly because one of the comments someone <laughs> left the other day was, you guys talk and talk and talk and talk and you never get to the subject matter. And we don't want to hear about your Atlas range and all this other stuff that you're oh, doing. So, gosh. yeah, okay, I guess. Okay, point noted. We're getting straight in. Okay, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> yeah, well, I think before we get into that, I think what we... Oh, you see, there we go. There we go. <laughs> So I think I think people want to know what's happened because we've taken such a long time yeah. between shooting this. And I just want people to know that um, you know, we try our best to release an episode per week. And that's probably why we don't have a sponsor for this thing. Yeah. And we don't want any sponsor. And we, we want to keep it clean. don't want to let anybody down, to be honest. And, and ad mm-hmm. free. So we have the freedom. And we can give you this content, unscripted, natural. And if you take a look at the social media posts associated with this particular episode, you'll notice that we start this off. And Lisa and I sort of prepare, but there's like no notes. And we sit down and we talk about what we want to talk about. And we just go into it. Simply because... The objective here is really to give you, babe, the platform to really unpack all that knowledge that lays dormant and resident in mm-hmm. your in your head. I've that I've heard over the years, etc., and in a long form way without rushing. Well, we've got to be careful here because <laughs> this could be a three-hour one. Um, without rushing and getting all the stuff that we need to get out of you. Yeah. So, so today's topic is is I don't, we we'll kind of put it into the show notes, but we're fighting around, you know. Um, exercise that heals, that doesn't harm. Yeah, we I want to call them. it that because okay. that is kind of our whole brand philosophy. Yeah, you've, you've spoken about that a lot, like exercise that heals and doesn't harm. Mm. And it's simply because there's so many people out there that do exercise and they normally feel pain. So they do, I don't want to mention no specific... No pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah, no, no pain, no gain was probably like the biggest oh, lie 100%. we've ever been told, right? Yeah. So that's what I tell people. Whenever they come into the store, I talk to them about rebounding because I'm the layman and, and they ask me about it and I always say well Lisa says you know exercise should heal you not harm you mm. and like movement is no medicine. pain all the gain yeah and like, like move, that's and, how it should be yeah and recontextualized exactly and you also mm. say movement is medicine mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like wait what does that exactly mean and we're gonna obviously kind of peel that onion today take a look at that and really unravel it and mm. this is an episode that we wanted to get out the way yeah, because we've spoken about other stuff yeah. like, you know, joy and how to create joy. And then we also spoke about, you know, anxiety and stress and fear and things that are holding us back. Uh, we did the belly fat one as well. But for me, this has been something that I need to talk about. You know, a lot of people ask us all the time, where did it all come from? Mm-hmm. And why do I love it so much? And why have I moved away from sort of other exercise modalities mm-hmm. that I used to teach over the years? And I've now focusing pretty much solely on this one. And it's quite nice to be able to record once and have kind of all my thoughts and the facts and everything and then have a place for people to to reference. go to reference and, mm-hmm. and share with a friend. Or, you know, you've got somebody that you would really love to introduce to to the modality of rebounding. But to go to our social pages, it's all over the show. You know, mm-hmm. you, to go deep down, how, how do you even send somebody one link? Mm-hmm. Because social media has to be this 90-second cute punchy reel, this entertainment fun factor, you know, post. Mm-hmm. And all the longer videos, just, you know, they, they deep down in my feed. And I need one place to talk about something that I really, really believe in. And from, from it'll last here forever. So right. I can always send people back here again and say, mm-hmm. go and listen to this specific mm-hmm. podcast just about low impact exercise. And 
I know that we have covered everything here. And we're not going to have a guest on this one, which is another thing that people have said, you know, we want to hear more about what Lisa has to say and go a little bit deeper and then like get the guests later. So we listen to you. There's a lot of questions that people have asked. Um, we, we sort of will address it in and around the episode. I think this episode will speak to it a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, so rebounding and everything rebounding, this thing called a mini trampoline. And you know, let me get into it. I mean, when people come into the store, <laughs> Or people bump into me, they say, what is this thing? And why is this thing different? I mean, I get it at the Nickel Way store when everyone there, people walk in. And then usually the husbands think, oh, this is just like for my wife. And they go and sit down. <laughs> it's for kids. You know, this is for kids. Yeah. And they laugh at it and they walk away because they cycle. Or they, you know, they do CrossFit. Or they do some type of bike riding. Uh, you know, they, that's what they do. Yeah. And then uh, I start speaking to the ladies. And I know how... I pitch it because then the guys get up and they go, repeat that? What did you just say? And <laughs> It's, it's going to make my psyching better. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they, they always want to know like what, and I always go into the history, like where did this thing come from and what was mm. the origination? There are certain people that we talk about. We're not going to go into history and facts per se. We're going to talk broadly today. But the people that really made this mainstream, that really gave it a lot of credibility was NASA, mm. you know, and they created it for the space program. And there was two purposes for that. And if you go read, there's lots of papers and things if you start digging. But essentially, they did it because they needed to prepare astronauts for space. And they couldn't find a particular modality that was going to give them all the benefits of exercise to ensure these guys were super fit before they get into the rocket without the risk of injury. So they needed something. you know. And then the, the, just to prepare the astronauts before they get into that rocket and they're sitting in that thing and they can't get in there when they suddenly have a torn ligament or they suddenly have a hip issue, etc. So you're this astronaut, you've trained for so many, so many years, you get to nine months to six months before launch and then you can't go because you've got an injury. That That's the, the big challenge. And then the other challenge is when they came back from space, mm. you know, they suffered from three things. You know, when you're in zero gravity, it's very, very interesting how, and I've heard you speak about this, and I'm, I'm going I'm to be short here, but I've heard mm-hmm. you speak about the relationship our bodies have with gravity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we kind of don't realize that, but when we are born, we kind of fall out and down. Mm-hmm. Then gravity is constantly pulling at us, right? Yeah. So, so when you're crawling or you, as a baby, you are pulling up against gravity. So there's resistance the whole time. So you crawling is essentially you fighting gravity and then you getting back up onto your feet. The, the muscle activation, the engagement is because gravity is pulling on you mm-hmm. the whole time, pulling on you. And that pull creates um, muscle twitching, muscle engagement. It's good for your bones. It, it's good for your soft tissue, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. And then you kind of, you start walking and walking and you get running and then you, you yeah. know. You, well, and if then there's up. no gravity, then there's no, there's no pull and there's no stress well, that's what on the body. And when there's no stress yeah. on the body, there's no growth. Okay. You're jumping um, ahead. This is okay. Exactly, don't, don't. Just don't. get to the point. <laughs> the point is like when you're a baby, you're fighting gravity and you kind of go up, you walk, 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 and then kind of gravity takes you right back down into the ground again. Mm. And then we bury you into the ground, into gravity, okay. right? Okay, that's sad. No, but the point is <laughs> that our relationship with gravity is so important. And, mm. and we realize that when we send people into zero gravity, so that when they're in the International Space Center, or we shoot them in lunar modules around the moon. And what we discovered when they came back, they suffered from three things. Number one was uh, muscle atrophy, obviously. No gravity, no resistance. 
the muscles atrophy. So and when there's no when the muscles are not taxed, then the bone is also not taxed. Oh, that's the and second there's one. No yeah. bone growth. So yeah. then you start getting your osteopenia, osteoporosis, and brittle bones, and yeah. that is very dangerous, yeah. especially as you get older. So that's a lack of gravity. So muscle, you start losing muscles, and the second thing is you start losing bone density, bone integrity. Um, bone mass, etc. The sheathing over your bones get affected. And this is what NASA mm-hmm. noticed. So bones, muscles, and then the big one that a lot of people didn't speak about in the studies, etc., but they're there, is the lymphatic system being mm-hmm. impacted by zero gravity. Mm-hmm. And what very few people know is this lymphatic system. Like, what is it? Yeah, okay. and like, when I did some research on it, it was very, very interesting. If you just go to, you know, what are the top 10 things about lymph? Mm. And you discover like your lymphatic system is so important that we know our blood system because we know how our blood works with our heart. Mm. Our heart has a pump. The pump pumps the heart, the blood around. But we don't understand the lymphatic system. And I must be honest, me as Stafford, this is what fascinated me. Yeah. This, what, this, the NASA stuff, and then the lymphatic system really gripped yeah. me. Because so let's I, just unpack that very quickly yeah. for those that maybe are listening to this for the very first time about you know rebounding in a nutshell. So your lymphatic system is a system that is responsible for like getting rid of, of waste matter mm-hmm. in our body. So it's our little like human dustbin in a way. And we are constantly consuming toxins. So whether it's through our pores and our skin because we're using cheap cream and um, they're full of parabens and all kinds of... Yeah, makeup and... Yeah, you know, from, from what you food. use in your hair, food, uh, hair coloring um, to, you know, peroxide through to the shampoo you use on a daily basis, the chemicals that we clean our homes with, mm. uh, the air that we are breathing in. And if you live in Gauteng, apparently we have the, the, the dirtiest no, once. air. Once. We yeah. Air okay, yeah. but it's not clean, mm. it, you know, especially in winter. So... Um, the air quality, the radiation from our phones, uh, the hormones that are in our food and our meat products, our, our um, animal products. And then you've got herbicides and pesticides and things like that that are there to keep fruits and veggies, you know, fresher for longer mm. and shiny and beautiful and all of these things. So we are, we are constantly putting loads of toxins into the top of the funnel, okay, constantly. And now a couple hundred years ago, we weren't exposed to nearly as many toxins as we are right now. So we are like little toxic humans running around. So number one, many moons ago, there weren't as many toxins as there are today. Number two is that we moved a lot more. So we were plowing the fields, we were kneading our own bread, we were walking long distances to, eating, to gather food. Eating non-processed there food. There were no cars, factories. there were no cell phones, yeah. you wanted to give somebody a message, you walked. You know, mm. like everything about what we dealt with in a day, week and month was around movement. You had to get somewhere. So the only way that we actually stimulate our lymphatic system, we get it moving, okay, and when it moves, it, it actually flushes the toxins out through our excretory organs like our liver and our kidneys and our skin and through our sweat and through our feces and all of that. So our lymphatic system is responsible for getting all of the toxins out. The only way we can get it doing that properly is to move, Hmm. movement, okay? And so if we're not moving a lot, so this day and age, we're putting a lot of toxins into the funnel and then we are not moving more, like as nearly as much as we used to. So there's a proper problem here. There's an over, like there's an over, there's, the toxins are overriding, you know, mm-hmm. the good. So the, the, the bad is overriding the good. So too many toxins in, not enough movement to get those toxins out. And now your body is, is actually this like little toxic, um, ecosystem and uh, when our bodies are more toxic you know things start going wrong in our bodies Mm. our immune system really struggles and 
things like autoimmune disorders, you know, from your common colds and flus become more frequent or more severe. You know, immune immune um, disorders are rampant with people that uh, have a really toxic lymphatic right. system. And then your cancers, like your really serious stuff. Okay, wait, wait, um, you're, going, you're going very quick to like so, when your so lymph, lymph is bad. Okay, yeah, but, so but, but let's, I want to focus on one particular point that you made, and that is, you know, as South Africans... I mean, when, when I lived in the United States, I walked a lot. I mean, I, I remember the public transportation system. Mm. You walk to the subway, you get out, you walk, you walk a lot. You do 10,000 well, steps. Same with in Europe. Europe you also too. walk a lot. Um, but in South Africa, lack of public oh, transportation per se for the general folks mm. that listen to this podcast. We walk 100 steps, no, actually 30 to get into our Uber. Yeah, we struggle, or to, into our we, car. We, we struggle to get to 10,000 steps oh, yeah. as South Africans. Well, yeah. the stats are average South African is 4,000 steps, yeah, which means some are doing 2,000 and okay. some are doing six. So bring, so bring that back to the lymphatic system. So the lymph, you know, coming back to that point, right? So, so the blood has a heart that pumps it around the Correct. body. The lymphatic system requires movement to, to pump it. To pump it. Yeah. And I think when God designed us, you know, many, 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 many moons ago, he, did, he never thought that we'd be doing this to our bodies, that we would be so lazy and that we'd right. be putting so much junk into our trunks. Right. You know, so this problem wasn't a problem of many moons ago. It's, it's a modern age problem. You know what? Um, so one of our clients, Marianne, mm. she gave me the example. So she suffers from lymphedemia. And I asked her, like, explain when your lymph is bad and when your lymph is good. Like, how do you explain it? And she said, it's like two glasses on a table. Um, you know, one is filled with clean water. The other one is filled with honey. You have a toxin called a coin. She says, if you have a clean lymph, you drop it into the glass with water and it goes right through to the bottom. And that's a lymph that a toxin enters and it can flush it out because it's connected to your renal system and your gut and all of that. And you, it gets out of your body. She says a lymph that's stagnant, a lymph that doesn't move, a lymph of a person that's mostly sedentary is like the glass with honey. So when you put the coin and drop it in there, it sits, mm. it doesn't move. It just sits there. And she says when it sits there, it starts rusting. Mm. And when it sits there, it starts accumulating. And when it sits there, then it starts doing all those bad things that you just described. Yeah. There. So movement of your lymph is so critical. And movement of lymph is gravity and bodily movement. Yeah. So again, coming back to NASA, mm. these guys suffer from three things in an ascending order of importance and criticality. Muscle atrophy is not that bad. You can get your muscles back. Mm. Bones, ooh, scary. orders of magnitude bigger, right? Mm. And then the one that's big is the lymphatic system. Because when your lymphatic system goes acidic or it goes very toxic, mm. I mean, the, the, the unintended consequences mm. or the, the, the knock-on effects of that is, is, is crude. It's crude. We've seen people talk about it from lymphedemia all the yeah. way through to autoimmune diseases, etc. Yeah. And we've seen people on a, re just fast forward, people on a rebounder, with the discovery, the, with the, the testimonies that we get are extraordinary. But let's get back okay, to that. Okay, now you throw in like yeah. really bad DNA into the, into the mix. Because uh, like for instance, somebody like me suffers from really inflammation. bad inflammation, mm. oxidative stress, markers are all up. Um, and then I have had, I've got a deletion gene. So does Bella actually. And uh, the deletion gene is like, there's a really important gene. I won't get into the whole thing because we'll do DNA on another um, yeah. whole podcast. But um, so I don't have the specific gene that is really important for helping my body to det detoxify itself right. naturally. I don't right. have it. I don't even have the gene. Oh, wow. So I have to work really hard at making sure I do the best that I can to, to reduce the amount of toxins coming in 
as well as keeping my lymphatic system really stimulated. Are you saying, okay, wait, wait, so first of all, uh, just so everyone So else, some people have a, it, some people don't. It's called in, it's insertion or yeah. deletion. You've either got it or you don't. Okay, but how 50% does that chance. link that back to your lymph? I've never heard you talk about this, by the way. So really? what it link that? No, you haven't. Oh, so it just means that I have to be really careful about the products I use on my skin. Everything that I'm exposed to, I have to wash my fruits and vegetables thoroughly. This is why you thoroughly. always have natural Natural, everything. You'll find a bee buzzing around me in the middle of a shopping center <laughs> so in a lift and there'll be a bee buzzing because mm. I'm sweet as honey well, but yeah, it's all, all natural, the natural so. stuff but yes um, I am so nervous about chemicals and toxins because so by the way, this is I don't news. have this gene this is, I live with you and I know that everything that you put on your body I always look at the contents and stuff and you always put on like something that's I think the butter that you use, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that company, but it's its like made with, with, with dacha and plants <laughs> and like it's weird, but yeah. it's all like natural yes. herbs and spices and stuff 100%. in there, right? So is that why? Yeah. And I mean, um, also when I look at a food label and, you know, I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather just have sugar because I know what it is than have some kind of chemical derivative of sugar that has tons of these weird chemicals inside them mm. that you can't even explain so yes it may do less for my blood sugar it may um, you know not increase my blood sugar as quickly but i know how to counteract that with like adding protein and fiber to bring it down but it's the chemicals that i'm the most worried about when mm. it comes to um, alternative foods and things that are highly processed i really worry about those okay, things cool. yeah. so, get, so getting back to, to the lymphatic system again so uh, you talk about a very Good point. And we will do a podcast just on, on DNA because it's just so fascinating. And we'll get Carly in and we'll get a geneticist mm. in. So that's yeah. f- what I was meant to say in a nutshell is, is kind of saying if you have a perfect human that doesn't have a deletion gene and they don't yeah. have high inflammation, you still have too many toxins coming in and then not enough yeah. movement. Okay. Now you add poor genetics to that. And you have a recipe for disaster. Like my chances of, of developing like cancer is really high right. unless I look after certain things like what I eat, stress, and then also toxins. Like making sure that I keep my lymphatic system right. clean is, is a critical, critical component. So is this, is this also, so I mean, good point. And I think everyone that listens to this, just check out your DNA. I mean, I just, it's so fundamental. When One of the coolest things that we ever introduced to the business was the DNA core and DNA tests and with Carly, et cetera. But it's just, uh, it's extraordinary how many people come to us and say, I'm going to do keto, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, or something's wrong with me, I'm going to try this, my doctor said this. And we're like, have you done, do you know who you like uniquely are? And they're like, no. Wait, well, my friend said I should do this. Stop. Just go do your DNA. Yeah. Find out who you are. Now, I must be honest, I didn't know DNA related back to toxification or getting oh, rid yes. of toxins. That's, inc- that, that's insane. Yeah. So, so coming back to the point here around like NASA. So the astronauts are floating around in space. They're losing muscles. The, the bones are being affected and their, their lymphatic system is stagnant. Yeah. Um, and so when they come back to Earth, this is a massive issue. That's why they carry them out of those capsules. Mm. So NASA did research. But they can't even walk. Some they of them. No, and the people yeah. think it's just muscle atrophy. Like they, yeah. yeah, muscle, atrophy, but they can't walk because they're bones. Yeah. Like if they're bones, and just and that, if they if yeah. they had to fall, which there's a really good chance that they would fall or trip. Okay, and they had to break a bone. The chance of them breaking a bone is really high. So they just can't afford for that to happen. So they just carry them because. Have you seen Buzz Aldrin? So just by the way, by the time we're recording this, Buzz Aldrin has actually been taken up in hospital Mm. um, in Mexico. I read this morning. We don't know how serious or how bad it is. I hope he makes it through. But if you notice with Buzz Aldrin, um, he walks with a hectic limp. Mm. He limps. 
like really badly. Um, yeah. And people, what they don't know, it was from his time in space. Um, and there was some effect associated with that. But um, so just coming back again, babe, to NASA and the astronauts. So NASA went off and they needed something to resolve this problem, right? Because you can't have an astronaut come back to Earth and then go swim. Because mm. swimming is also less gravity. Great for muscle tone, sure. Yeah. But you're not taxing your bones exactly. and you're doing nothing for your lymphatic system. Yeah. Um, and just before we move on to NASA, something that I wanted to skip, I actually wrote it down now while we're sitting here is, People say all the time sitting is the new smoking. We all hear this. Sitting yep. is the new smoking. And I think if you start understanding your lymphatic system and Google it, go to ChatGPT. And respect GPT. it a bit more. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you would. I mean, if you go to ChatGPT and just ask ChatGPT to tell you about your lymph or go to Google and just Google top 10 things about your lymphatics, just do it. Sit down, please. If you're listening to this, go do that. It's extraordinary. I mean, doctors call this plasma in your body that's plasma connected to nodes in your body they call it the water of life mm. it is the thing that transports toxins it's the thing that acts as an antibiotic in your body it's the thing that connects directly to your immune system which is extraordinary and i think so few people understand it they understand their heart their lungs yeah. they're this but they don't understand that well co- thanks COVID, because yeah. it definitely did shine a light on the lymphatic system yeah. because people realized they were getting their vaccine into yes. their lymph and oh, that's cool- carrying it around so by the way I- I ask people that in the store when they come in. I go, so um, do you know what your lymph is? They go, no. So I said, did you get the vaccine? They say, yes. I said, so where did they put the vaccine? In your blood? They go, no. They put it in my muscle. I said, no, they didn't put it in your muscle. They injected it into your arm. What carried it around your body? Um, Don't know. I was like, your lymph, your lymph plasma. And also, I mean, I've been bitten by snakes in the past and you know the history <laughs> the strange history that i have but i mean every time i remember my lymph nodes just exploding mm. like you and maybe you get something like an abscess in your mouth or you get something or wrong in your teeth. i mean we all know that it starts with our, our like a sore throat and then your your throat um, your glands your glands swell your you know, lymph in your, nodes exactly yeah um, in and your groin behind yeah, your that's your, your body's like it's it's everything's inflamed uh, your your uh, white blood cell count is up and it's mm. showing you that there's that your body's fighting and those mm. lymph nodes are swollen and they are secreting all the right stuff at the right time to fight, 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 fight because there's a there's a virus or there's a bacteria, um, there's a foreign something. But when you say your body. your body is fight, fight, fighting, that's actually a lymphatic system, system doing engaging, yeah. carrying all these things around to attack this thing to get it out of your body, etc. Exactly. Very few people know the lymph, so so just Google lymph. But so that when we talk about sitting as the new smoking, yes, um, I asked Carly, I think about this, and she said yes, it is when you sit down that the lymphatic liquid around your core mm-hmm. and up and around like your chest area and around you is completely still. Yeah. And that is so dangerous when it's not moving. Um, and when it's and that's when toxins are mm-hmm. aggregating as you're sitting because you're sitting, you're in a meeting for three, four, five hours and then you're eating something and mm-hmm. the toxins from that Can are Can I being just digested. interrupt you there? Yeah? So... If you are in a situation where you find yourself sitting and there's no way that you can actually exercise, because let's be honest, you might be in a board meeting or you might be in an environment where you can't get up and do your air squats or get your rebounder out and bounce for five seconds, you can't do it. Diaphragmatic breathing is also really great for stimulating one's lymphatic system. Oh, so wow. your deep breathing, your deep breathing. So yeah. it's all in this whole thoracic area here, and your diaphragm muscle is really, really strong. Okay, what Lisa's pointing to right now is that it's like, like it's in sort of underneath your chest cavity, like the beginning of your tummy, right. and um, when you breathe, like. In, okay, your stomach should distend out to the point where it's actually slightly uncomfortable and you're breathing in for like seven seconds. You can start with four, but you can move on to five, six, and then seven, and your tummy sticks out. And then when you breathe out, 
then your tummy flattens again. And those deep, they call it belly breathing, as opposed to chest shallow breathing, where you're really filling your entire lung and you are making your diaphragm move all the way. Well, that's stimulus, that so. also helps to stimulate your lymphatic system. So you're not going to get your step count. Your heart rate won't necessarily go up. It does help you calm down though, which is always a good thing. It helps you know reduce stress. But deep breathing also helps to move lymph. So if you are in a situation where you can't move, then at least breathe deep. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So sitting is the new smoking and it's linked back to your lymphatic system. Okay, that, that makes sense. Now, um, back to NASA. Mm-hmm. So this is some of the research that I saw them do. Like the, there's, there's anecdotal evidence. They don't come, they're not very open. Like people say the NASA said the best form of exercise ever invented by mankind is rebounding. That's yeah. actually not 100% correct. There is a NASA scientist that we think said that. But when you start digging, you can't actually get to the particular person that said that. Except if anyone listens to the podcast and they can find it, please share it with us. Um, and so that's a bit of a misnomer. But mm-hmm. it does come from the fact that they progressed this modality by doing the yeah. investigation. Well, so, anything know, that NASA endorses, let's be honest, yeah, is like but, people take seriously. Because, I mean, hello, they go to space. Um, yeah. So they're pretty cool. <laughs> you know, NASA's pretty cool. Yeah, so but, if they I mean, say and, rebounding and they, works, then everyone's going to be like, okay, well, NASA. And, well, and the fact that they put people into zero gravity for that extended period of time, which is like someone being sedentary for that experience. So, look, we've heard reports around, number one, them utilizing it to prepare astronauts, mm-hmm. very, especially close to launch. They're on rebounders. Then when they're up in the International Space Center, they've got rebounders up there that are connected to the floor, to the walls, and they have these rubber bands that go over the astronauts like a girdle that goes over their bodies and they bounce. Mm. And so the, the rubber pulls them back onto the rebound and they actually bounce yeah. in space. So that's we know that that happens and we know that when they come back, um, some research reports um, indicate, or some, some journalists have indicated that the only form of movement that NASA astronauts are allowed to do when they come back from space uh, predominantly is rebounding. Mm. And why? So I read this. Yeah. That someone wrote something about this. That NASA, when they did the study around rebounding, they went and looked at the Olympics. And they looked at all the athletes in the Olympics. And what shocked them was a couple of things. So around muscles. They discovered when around or across all the athletes that someone that was a mediocre entry level Olympian on a trampoline yeah. had the same BMI and muscle shredding and look of a champion hundred meter sprinter. So Usain Bolt's body at his peak mm. looks like an entry level Olympian uh, trampolinist, uh, trampoline yeah. artist, Tumblr, yeah, yeah, that, and so that shocked them, and they were like, "Whoa, wait, that didn't make sense to them." And when they looked at it, they found out that, on average, this is claimed to be NASA stats. We don't know if it's hundred percent correct, mm-hmm. but they claim that when you are on this unstable surface, bouncing up and down, you employ on average three hundred more muscles than a sprinter does running yeah. on those, 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 those explosive movements, yeah. which shocked them. So being on a trampoline for a very short, and this is also that other stat, two minutes. Of rebounding is, equals six minutes of running. Yeah, six, yeah. six to nine minutes of yeah. rebounding, depending on how and, you do it. And why? Because of how many 
it's sort of systems are engaged Gaged. when you rebound. So, so yes, it's your cardiovascular system because obviously your heart rate's going up. Right. It's, a, it's called a compound movement. So compound movements are when you're engaging more than one muscle group at any one time. So now you're engaging, when you get on a rebounder, you're engaging your core because you're unbalanced, you're unstable. So your body's trying to rectify itself the whole time. Um, but it can't because for as long as you're on an unstable surface, things are twitching. So your, all your little ligaments and your tendons and your little muscle fibers, small and big ones, big groups, are all activated throughout that whole time. Plus, your cardiovascular system is also like on overdrive because it doesn't know where to kind of pump the blood, especially right. if you're doing a big movement on a rebounder. Um, do you uh, Does it pump the blood to the upper extremity or the lower or right. to the heart or the lungs? So it's kind of confused. So your heart rate goes really high really quickly on okay. a rebounder. Right. Um, and that's because so many different elements, aspects of your body, different systems require oxygen and blood flow at the same time. So two testimonies associated so, with that, right? Okay, wait. So, okay, so that's, okay. that's yeah. okay. So from a time efficiency point of view, it like ticks every box. So you are working a lot of systems at the same time. Plus the fact that you're working, right, kind of against gravity because there's a moment in time where you are weightless and that is the acceleration. And then there's a time when you're actually pressing down into the mat, the deceleration. And that is when gravity is at play. So right. the gravity is pulling you down, flicking you up, pulling you down. Right. So the tax on the muscles isn't as as you were, say, squat jumping on the ground. When you do it on a rebounder, it is pulling and pushing much at a much higher gravitational pull. Right. Okay, So because you're working also, below but, the ground surface, but if you, you think but, about it. Yeah, like but you're, you're falling through. But the key thing there is it's not so much that. I, I when, when you did Stefan Tobranch's rebounding session, the, mm. when the two of you and I recorded that, that's the Springbok rugby player. Yeah. So Stefan Tobranch came over, he contacted Lisa and said, hey, I want to do a rebounding session. And he came out and did it. It was... It was fascinating to watch the super ultra fit human being yeah, find it extraordinary. I mean, you guys did 20 minutes he and, he was, tough, yeah. and you found it extraordinary. I mean, I also tough. did because I was trying to show him his, who's yeah. boss over here. Okay. But, um, no, but, but he wait, was, but, and but he was it, surprised it, by how tired he but was. But you remember what he said? He said that he has never, well, not, let me just make sure I, I say it correctly. He said that the way it taxed him was unlike something that he experienced before, yeah. i.e. that when he was on it, it engaged so many muscles at yeah. the same time that it almost felt like his body was in a bit of shock. Yeah. Because there wasn't, he'd never, he'd, you know, they, when he trains, he always does like one arm, then the other arm, then the other leg, well, and then his back. And then, the, and suddenly yeah. he was on the rebounder and everything was being employed throughout the movement. And the, we discussed it. Like when you're on a rebounder, you fall through the surface of the earth, right? You fall, it's like falling through the surface and back up again. So you are never yeah. disengaged. You are always Absolutely. in the movement yeah. the whole and time. So with strength training, the concentric movement is the contraction movement. Okay, That is when you're like doing a bicep curl and you're lifting the barbell up or, or resistance band up, right? So that's a concentric. On the eccentric, that's the easy part. That's the way down from the rep. That's when you breathe in and you rest and you relax. And you should right. do that always under you know, a lot of control because that's where things go wrong as you collapse and you pop a muscle. You don't actually, you don't actually uh, pull the muscle on the way up. You always right. pull it on the way down, okay? Okay. So that ex that that concentric and eccentric contractions, um, that you're doing the entire time on the rebounder. So when, versus the floor, which how do you, which, so you yeah. so your muscles are, are constantly contracting and relaxing whilst on the rebounder because it's so unstable. So your body has no cooking clue what's going on at any one time, whether you're squatting, whether you're jogging, every single muscle is contracting or relaxing. At the same time. Because it's proper reception, there's it's, balance, it's also there's like, everything, right? So it's because when you're doing stuff on the ground, you are static, you are stable. 
Okay, so your small little muscle fibers and tendons and that aren't necessarily activated, depending on the movement. So you can isolate things. Isolate When you things, do okay. things on a rebounder, things become more complicated. You are unstable. So every single tiny muscle, the ones that would be dormant before mm. when you're doing it on land, are now stimulated. <laughs> so your foot and your ankle and your instep and your shins and your calves, everything is working as opposed to just a couple of muscles working. Right. And because you're bouncing at the same time, your whole core is activated. And because so many muscles are bouncing at the same time or moving or activated at the same time, your your heart is working faster. faster. And your, your, you require more oxygen. So your mm. lungs, you feel like you're out of breath. So the whole time that you're on a rebounder, you're feeling out of breath. Right. It's like, I can't keep my breath. No. You know, so, and when you do a normal gym workout, it's actually really hard to keep your heart rate up even when you're resting. Right. You know, it's just like things rest in between each set. On a rebounder, there's no such thing. Mm. So your calorie burn is high. Yeah, and right. your, your, so therefore, because it's so effective at working all the systems at the same time, it also means that you don't have to do it for as long. So that's why we say two minutes of rebounding equals six minutes of running. You know, you could do a 30-minute rebounding session and you would burn the same amount of calories or get the same out of a 90-minute run. But most people wow. don't have 90 minutes to run. Right. They have 30 minutes. So that is what's so cool about it is okay. that it shrinks back your you, time. I, I want to stick on the muscle part. We're going to get to time and all of that. I want to stick on the muscle part. Um, there was a guy that came into the store um, a few months ago. And he's this triathlete. And he said to me, he was with his wife and his, his son or his daughter. I can't remember the kid. And he said, I cannot get my heart rate beyond 130, 135. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling. He says, when I'm on the bike, when I'm in the pool, when I'm in the that. And he's ultra fit. You should see this guy. He was like super ultra fit. And he says, well, this thing helped me. <laughs> and like you know Scott he wasn't he didn't come into the store for particular he just walked by and he wanted to see what this thing is all about so i said okay let's do this i'll put the i'll put two rebounders down on the floor and then i'll do a session with you and i bet you within 2 to 3 minutes i can get your heart rate up to about 180 do you yeah. agree with me? And he was like, there Don't challenge no, Stafford. There's like, no way. No, it's not that I'm fit or anything, but I can definitely get it to one, you know, and then go lay down in the car downstairs in the parking lot. Go up. to the change room. <laughs> but um, he, uh, he said, okay, cool, let's do it. And he put his, took his shoes off and we got on the rebounders. And we did the side to side, like the skiing down mm -hmm. the slope. We did the running, we did the jumping and all that. And then, and you know what? I'm not lying, but less than a minute. And his heart rate he was, was at 180 yeah, and he was shocked <laughs> he couldn't believe that his heart rate was at this rate at less than a minute mm. on a thing that his kids are playing on etc but I mean there's that new side. respect right but, right there. Also, yeah, but uh, there's also parents that know like parents will come into the store and they'll say yeah my kid has this thing in the backyard the big one mm -mm. and like every time I get on this thing I can't last more than five minutes but I can yeah. go for I run the two oceans marathon I do all these but when I get it's on that exhausting. thing it's exhausting, exhausting. So that's and the outdoor trampolines because of the, the lag the fact that you go so deep down it's even, and so it's even harder so you know each rebounder is different uh, the, the spring rebounders that you get um, it's a quicker bounce there's less lag it's, it's less taxing on the muscles therefore the heart rate doesn't go so high um, it's generally an easier quicker bounce Okay, right. and then you get the bungee cords that are a little bit stiffer, and then you get ones that are a bit softer. And the mm. softer the bounce, and the more you you dip down, 
the, the more of a, a pull there is and the more of a sort of a lag. So it takes a little bit longer for you to come back up again. That's very taxing on the muscles right. and therefore requires more, more effort, more, effort, more, more uh, blood flow, more oxygen. And with that comes the breathlessness. So right. it's definitely more difficult, you know, to rebound on a bungee rebounder that has a softer bounce than it is on a spring rebounder that has a much firmer bounce or even a bungee rebounder that is too firm. You know, I get we get this a lot. So this is a controversial point, right, that yeah. you make because a lot of people think, oh, you started off with springs and then you went to but bungees. that's all that was available. And, so. um, and now suddenly you're knocking springs. And what people don't understand is that that's not the point. There's a lot of people that we encourage to start, to, to, there. to start mm. there, to get on a spring rebounder and to bounce in a, a spring rebounder because it is easier. it is easier. And yeah. and but a lot of people do come into the store, and I, I know when they physically experience it for the first time, they come in and they say that they they rebounding on their springs, but they can't get their heart rates up. Yeah, they've got too fit. Too fit, <laughs> and, and then they'll do it on a bungee. And the first thing is the bungee is quiet. Yeah. They love that. They love the velvety feel. That yeah. soft feel shocks them. The matte surface area is really wide. They just love that. In most that. cases, they yeah, love They love that qualitative bounce. Yeah. And then, obviously, then they upgrade. And it's always an upgrade. We have never, ever yeah. had someone go from bungee to spring. It just doesn't yeah. ever happen. Now, unless somebody falls ill and they have a spring and a bungee at home, and then they're like, okay, I'm going to start back again, but I'm going to start on my spring, because and they just know that it is easier. Right. Uh, there's less lag. End of story. There is just less lag. So... Um, yeah, we we encourage our clients to start on the spring because we want them to enjoy the experience and not feel like it's too overwhelming, it's too difficult, and therefore they can't do it. Yeah. Spring rebounder is going to just be easier for the for you to okay. start there. Okay, cool. Let's but get off that. The only yeah, time yes. I, I yeah. but it is also firmer bounce and therefore not as low impact as a bungee rebounder. Right. So if somebody has really sore feet or sore hips or sore back, sore neck. I would not put them on a spring. I would always yes. start them on a bungee rebounder, even if it meant they would, I'd rather give them a support bar, right. for instance. I wouldn't put them on a spring because there is a, even a difference in the impact of that. So right. the more lag there is, the softer it is, the less impact there is. Right. And I think this is a point we can just can quickly branch onto, and that's the quality of the platform that you're putting yourself on. Um, is so important. Um, you know, so many people go off and they buy at a traditional retail store, they buy a different brand or an up and coming company and they go and they buy that rebounder and they have a horrible experience. So they bounce and those bounces have like a flat oh gosh, spot in yeah. them. And uh, we've seen people develop and I mean, we've said it very clearly on social media, don't bounce. Just if you're going to buy one <laughs> of these cheap, you know, 999 things, don't bounce on it. Yeah. Just like go CrossFit, go swim. Yeah. Go run. Well, I don't know about, go, I don't go, know about CrossFit. <laughs> no, but I mean, just go do something else. Yeah. Because uh, you you are just, you're hurting yourself yeah. when you're getting on. on yeah, those those um, really cheapy, nasty ones where, you know, the, the spring is super square. It's short. It doesn't have any kind of bulge in the middle, like a tapered spring. It doesn't have any give in it at all. It's like, it's really rock hard. They should not be called rebounders. I don't even know what they should be called because they're not even trampolines. People say I'm going to gift it to my ex one. They're like, no. Don't even do that. Dump it. Recycle <laughs> it. Yeah. Go and, yeah. I don't know if you can go and, and trade in the steel yeah. but um yeah so there is a big difference between the two but i just going back to um the way that we phrase rebounding i wish it would kind of change because i think there's this con this preconception around mini trampolines or 
rebounders being for the elderly, for occupational therapists to work with, you know, with kitties that have low muscle tone. Uh, it's for the injured or the mm. aged. I don't know. Mm. There's this con- this preconception and it, it is starting to change. We're seeing that as more and more famous people, people that are taken seriously in the sporting world are kind of rebounding and, and mm. being very vocal about it. You know, big superstars, tennis players, all sorts yep. are starting to admit that they're using the rebounder for rehab or low impact exercise in between their hard impact days. Thank you for all of those people out right. there changing the narrative out there. But if you just think of it as an unstable surface, that's if you just change it. Mm. So don't think about it as a rebounder, this little mini trampoline that has all of these years of this like this this taint, you know. <laughs> a stereotype. Think think of it yeah. as an unstable surface. So instead of me doing whatever it was on land, which is rock solid and super static. I'm going to do the same movements on something that's constantly moving underneath me. And that is all you need to do is just think I am doing instability training. I'm doing instability training. So just changing that and knowing that you've upped your game, you've upgraded your training to being static, to being more active. And just that alone will burn more calories. It'll activate your core. It'll use more muscle fibers. It'll require balance, proprioception. It'll engage the cardiovascular system. And you're working with the lymph. I mean, hello. What is there not to love? Okay, let's go back. I want to unpack that, right? That little burger. So there's like three things, lymph, bone, muscle. Mm. So we we dealt with muscle now. So NASA speaks about it, the efficiency, the employment of muscles, etc. Those stats seem to have been dripped away from the NASA studies. And that's extraordinary. So this is not Lisa thinking about this or feeling this. This is scientists that have done studies. There are some peer-reviewed reports out there that are non-NASA people, but they're academics. They're at university and they've studied rebounding. And you can actually see they take a look at somebody bouncing and they watch the muscle engagement in their legs when they come up and down. Mm. So you can go take a look at that. And there's a lot of research papers in the in play at the moment. So the, yes. the results are still to be kind of reported right. or, you know, calculated. What do you call it? Um, published. 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 Will, because they're still very much in the process mm. of doing them. Um, I think over the last couple of years, people are starting to take rebounding a little bit more seriously. seriously. Like it is getting the respect it deserves. Um, and a lot of the big players are spending a lot of money on, on research and development, mm. like the big guys overseas that have got huge brands. And they are paying for these big research papers because they don't want to claim the NASA thing forever. Right. Like that's the only claim to fame is the fact that NASA right. said it was good for the astronauts. There's so much evidence mm. in all the testimonies that come out. I mean, we see it. I've been rebounding now for, it'll be in December, seven years. Seven years, every, almost every single day of my no, you've life. Been rebounding. Oh, but that's since Bella was five months, but you've of, done it since before. I was nineteen years old. Yes, I've been rebounding, yeah. but um, you know, since seven, uh, Bella as was a seven. As also, yeah. I've been rebounding, I'd say mm. pretty much every single day, and um, I can't tell you how many thousands, thousands, and thousands okay. of clients we've seen with real testimonies that you can't ignore. It's not a fad. Okay. It's not a trend. And so it, let's get back. Yeah. Muscles. Okay. We ticked the muscles box. Because that, <laughs> that, yeah. that was the NASA thing. So they went yes. off, they saw the trampolining guys, and they saw the 100-meter sprinters, mm-hmm. and they did the correlation, which shocked them. So if you go take a look at, I mean, if you go to Cirque du Soleil, or you go to, and you go to see the guys that are doing trampoline, look at their bodies. Their yeah. bodies are shredded. They're mm-hmm. like really cut. Uh, and that's because of the way this engages every fiber from a muscle twitching and engagement perspective when you're on it because of the instability. I think you've explained that. The The other thing that was quite extraordinary was when NASA looked at um, the bone density of all the athletes yeah. to establish, you know, who had the greatest skeletal strength. Mm. 
um, around. So they went to everyone, everyone, and they they obviously got to the power lifters, the guys that put a lot of weight on their skeletons and mm-hmm. strain their skeletons. Um, and what shocked them was that the guys trampolining had double the must the the the, the skeletal strength than the next cohort, and it was the, it was the best. Yeah. And what what shocked them was, and in the research papers and stuff, then this is again anecdotal stuff. Then it's not necessarily scientific papers that I can reference, but that what's being said out there is they studied, and they discovered that when these guys were falling through the floor, yeah, right, they were exerting multiple forces of gravity on their bodies. Mm. And besides the muscle engagement, what was extraordinary is the exact opposite of what happens in space. So in space, zero gravity, you lose muscle density, you your bone, you know, your, muscle, uh, mass. muscle mass, mm-hmm. and, and you lose well bone. Uh, your your skeleton yeah. loses its structure because there's no resistance. Yeah. While if you expose your body to multiple forces of gravity versus the the, the standard that you get just walking mm-hmm. around, it builds bones. Yeah. Like that was extraordinary. Well, any type of resistance training on land, you know, that's why they say if you want to reduce your risk of developing osteoporosis, especially if it's in your DNA um, and osteopenia, then you need to do resistance training. So working with your own body weight, working with dumbbells, working with resistance bands, you know, go to the gym, in other right. words. like yeah. And now what we realize with a rebounder is that rebounding is actually strength training with the cardiovascular benefits. It isn't cardiovascular exercise with a little bit of a strength benefit. It's right. the other way around because of the G-force. Right. So when you're on it and right. you're doing just a bounce, it doesn't even have to be a jumping squat or a plyometric anything where it's explosive and dynamic. It can be a simple movement. So many muscles are recruited during that simple movement. So it's actually building lean muscle with every bounce. It's not just taxing your, your take, heart rate. Take that back to bones. So, yeah. you inter- so muscles and bones are interconnected. So okay. if you think about your muscular skeletal system, it's called a muscular skeletal system. They, one does not work without the other. In order right. to work a muscle, you have to move a bone. In order to, um, um, in order to build a bone, you have to tax a muscle that are attached. Okay, <laughs> so in order to build bone, you need to tax the muscle that is attached to the bone. So if you don't work the muscle, the bone just doesn't have a purpose. So it starts to atrophy and break down, literally become brittle and porous. So they're attached. It's a muscular skeletal system. Tax the muscle, and what happens is that the bone starts to grow. You don't tax it, and the bone dies. But you can't move a muscle without some kind of bone being involved. So it's like they are intertwined. You cannot separate the two of them. So if you really want to build your bones, you've got to tax your muscles. So I'd look at, again, this is stuff I've never heard you say it that way, <laughs> which is really, really cool. It makes sense. So when you're floating around in zero gravity, it makes no, sense. Nothing's taxing nothing. Nothing's taxing nothing. Everything's so dying. Do, so yeah. You, yeah. So your body goes, okay, well, then you don't need this. I'm just not mm. going to work on it anymore. That's incredible. Okay, so muscles, bones. So the, the study, the resultant is falling through the floor, exposing your body to multiple forces of gravity, builds bones yep right so we've had a lot of people come in with osteoporosis osteopenia all those like osteo orientated bone orientated mm. things coming in and their specialist says get on a rebounder yep you know go to this go to x y and z brand go get on that rebounder and that's the net effect now what was amazing also with the nasa thing is when they did um sampling of the athletes to determine the uh, alkalinity of their lymph plasma yeah so they did a test and that was the shocker for them because of, mm. out of all the athletes, the guys that fell through the floor consistently <laughs> had alkaline. the most alkaline lymph. And the reason is, um, and the study showed it, that when they fall through the floor up and down, 
that movement was the best form of movement to actuate the ducts of your lymphatic system, i.e. to milk your lymph. Yeah, like open and close those ducts many open and times close those per minute. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do it on the floor, yeah. but that dull thud of the floor where you stop is nowhere near as effective as when you go through the floor, i.e. through the surface of the, the trampoline mat as you're falling in and coming back out. And that movement of falling down and coming back, it's a, it creates a pumping effect. Yeah. And that actually drains the lymph, which means you're draining toxins out of your body. Yeah. And a lot of people think like rebounding is just exercise. But I always tell people there's also this aspect of lymphocytes. Totally. Where you're just gently bouncing up and down every 60 to 90 minutes and you're activating your lymph, i.e. you milking cleaning your it. lymph. You're cleaning, cleaning your it. lymph. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one client came to the store and she said, you know, when she started off, um, it was actually a client that was one of the, like a cancer patient. Mm. And she says she'd drink a lot of water, etc. And then she'd weak clear. And then she'd get on the rebounder and she'd bounce for five to 10 minutes and not exercise, just a cancer mm. patient, right? During, during that, that period, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. She says she'd go wee and it'd be yellow. Yeah. It's incredible. Just incredible it's how it would like yeah. drain impurities, and, impurities yeah. would come out of out of a system when she was on the yeah. rebound. And that, that was that was that pulsing movement, mm. that gravitational pull. Mm. But what was unique was again the trampoline guys were falling through the floor. So that yeah. actuate that up and down movement actuates their ducts, cleanest, most alkaline lymph out of all of them. Right. And and I think alkalinity that, is important because diseases can't thrive and grow in an alkaline environment. They right. thrive in an acidic one. Right. So we are all born with cells that are irregular, predispositions to certain types of diseases, for instance, autoimmune or cancer. And we're all kind of, you know, born with that stuff. It's like, is it going to manifest or not? Well, it's up to us because if we give it the environment in which to manifest, that is up to us. That's our lifestyle choices. Okay, right. so we, we are all born with like underlying diseases ready to come out. Are we going to become acidic through poor lifestyle choices, smoking, alcohol, um, poor diet, stress, love, toxins, etc.? sugar. Okay, sugar, everything. So we're going to give it this, this acidic environment and this disease is going to right. wake up and it's going to love this environment. So it can breathe. The, it can, it can, it can, can breed in an multiply. acidic environment. Mm. Okay. Mm. But if you, have, if you don't give it the environment to grow, there, there might be this underlying thing. But because of good lifestyle choices, these diseases really struggle to grow in an alkaline environment. So you delay the, the expression of exactly. the Exactly. So it's up to you then if you're going to be acidic or alkaline. Like it, it's up to you. Right. And rebounding helps to create an alkaline environment because it's getting rid of the toxins constantly. So therefore boosting one's immune, immune, immune system and reducing the risk of developing these diseases that are kind of waiting to surface mm. the minute you become acidic. So mm. if you can stay alkaline for as long as possible, that's the key. So keep your lymph clean, stay alkaline and reduce the risk of these disease actually manifesting so just i mean again extraordinary and that's so, why cancer for instance that's yes, why you know cancer, cancer endorsements and that's yeah. because they want you to keep your lymphatic system clean they want you to stay as alkaline as possible because there's a really there's a lower risk if you are more alkaline so just talk about alkalinity lymph inflammation Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we used to do this test many years ago when I just ran a wellness center. And it was awesome. When a client first started with us, they would actually spit on a litmus paper. As long as they hadn't cleaned their teeth or eaten within a certain period, we'd actually give them this instruction over the phone. Please don't do this, 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 this before you come. And we would put their saliva on litmus paper. And then there was this wheel that we'd compare it to. Mm. And if they were green, they were alkaline. And if they were orange and like yellow and orange, really bright orange they were acidic 
And that was generally clients that had come in with, you know, poor diet, drank so much fizzy drink in a day, sugar, you name it. They were doing right. all the wrong stuff and they were, they were super acidic. In fact, most of them had terrible body odor. They were like rotting and fermenting and they were like toxic. Okay, they didn't rebound. They barely moved. They the way too many toxins coming into the top of the funnel every day. Mm. Not enough movement. They were they were dying inside, mm. and they were rotten. And the acidity in their body um, would cause havoc with their immune systems and skin um, inflammation, joint pain. Um, constant like they would cut themselves and they would take forever to heal. Um, they were they were just toxic, um, wow. and they they were so acidic. And over time, through doing the Eliminate program, reducing, you know, too many processed foods, caffeine, alcohol, sugar, all of these things, we started seeing the pH change and they became more and more alkaline and they wow. started smelling less and they started having, you know, more vitality, mm. more energy. Their, their lives changed. And because mm. they were less toxic, they less toxins in and way more movements and their pH went from like, you know, really high to alkaline. Wow. So, and that happened in a matter of like 12 weeks. It wasn't even like it took two years. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed too is the amount of professional athletes that are now engaging us. Mm. Um, and I think it's because you see professional athletes like soccer players, you see that famous tennis player um, that had a major injury and yeah. she's recovering and she's bouncing. It's, you know, we, we put it on, on Lisa's uh, social media posts and, and that's fascinating. That, yeah. like, and, but they don't talk about it. They don't and some like, celebrities like Robbie Williams, yeah. you know, these are, these are great ambassadors for the, for yeah. the modality. Well, Eva we Longoria need. is the big one, right? She really believes Gwyneth in it. Gwyneth Paltrow, she speaks yeah. about it all the time. The Kardashians spoken of, have spoken yeah. about it recently on their Instagram, talking about low impact exercise and right. lymphatic stimulation and, you know, anti-aging, detoxing. Right. So yeah, it, it is changing. It's definitely tipping. Well, We've talk, seen it in the last seven talk years. To, talk to me about the anti-aging bit. What, why? So, is that also yeah. related to acidity? Well, inflammation. It, it, so okay. too much sugar um, in the body causes inflammation. The body hates sugar. The mm. body, because it, that sugar is one of those things like uh, processed foods, alcohol, it's it's really, it makes us acidic. Um, so inflammation is something that is incredibly aging on our bodies. Um, so one thing is okay as we get older there's a few things that happen okay, firstly our bone naturally starts to break down why because our muscle atrophy starts to happen okay mm -hmm. there is uh, we forget to weight train we stop exercising so much okay it just is this, it is this happens. why you're big on weight training versus cardio per se is yes our muscles atrophy every year with age and our bone um, density declines every year from the age of 25 Okay, so that's just what happens unless you counteract it heavily with strength training. Right. Okay, and that's why you see some people in their 60s and 70s that look amazing. They look better than they looked when they were 20, mm. but they are focusing heavily on weight training. Their bone density is up, the muscle mass is up, so all of that, okay? And then when you see an elderly person that looks shriveled, a lot of the time, yes, it could be sun exposure and, you know, or too much oxidative stress, too much time in the sun, too much everything. But it, it, and most of the time, it's just the muscles broken down, the muscle has atrophied, and they no longer fill their skin. So the skin has kind of stayed there, but the muscle's broken down, so the skin hangs. Oh, wow. So it's important to fill your skin. So right. how, how do you fill it? You fill it by pumping those muscles and keeping them pumped. You keep them fat. Right. <laughs> so the only way you do that is through weight training, resistance training, or rebounding to boost your muscle stimulation, boost that up, keep your bone density strong, keep your muscles pumped up and fill your skin. So it's going to definitely help from an anti-aging point of view. 
So, yeah, I mean, there's also when you have too many toxins in our bodies and there's a lot of inflammation, it does cause premature aging. It's incredibly um, damaging on our cells. Like it actually denatures cells. It causes oxidative stress on our cells. It's having a poor lifestyle ages you without a doubt, not only from sun damage, but just too much of the wrong stuff, whether it's alcohol or sugar or any of those things. It's one of the worst things for destroying um, our, our cells. Right. It kills our cells from the inside out. So, so your cells don't generate or right. regenerate as quickly as they should. And they're pretty much dying every second. So what we eat matters. That's why you can look really shocking if you eat badly when you're older. Like you look, you eat really well and somebody looks really healthy, even though they're 70. They, they're weight training, they're staying out the sun, they're drinking water, and they are really alkaline. They don't mm. have a lot of toxins. They don't have a lot of inflammation in their bodies. So too much oxidative stress, too much inflammation, eating the wrong foods, all of those things denature cells. Cells don't rejuvenate, replenish, grow, um, you know, as quickly as they should. You can replace every cell on your in your body every seven years. Right. So you could look better when you are 53 compared to when you're 46. You could wow. look better. People could say to you, you look younger. I get that all the time. I'm you actually really do. And I'm not yeah. just saying that. You really do. Yeah. You look better now than when I met you. Thank you and that much. is because you've changed mm-hmm. your cells now are in a healthier state yeah. than they were then. You were very toxic. You were very acidic. You had a lot of inflammation. And now your cells are totally different. No, I I couldn't walk and see where I was going and smile at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Another (laughs) topic for another day. The aging thing, I think we need to get into on another webinar because I feel like I need to go really deep deep. into anti-aging in general and how this all works. Just quickly, so so rebounding, some people call it like, uh, you 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 exercising your cells. Yes, I mean, cell that, massage. They call that it. guy called it salicizing. Salicizing. That's what's the yeah. yeah. So talk about that a little so, bit. Why, why do they say yeah. it's exercising on a cellular level? There was actually even that notion mm. of like when you move on a rebound and the way it employs things, etc. It creates. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like almost a natural collagen stimulant. Is that taking it too so, far? So, yeah. I mean, I would need to do a little bit more research there on the the collagen side of things. Because okay. um, collagen is, oof, it's a tricky subject and it's, it, it let's, let's unpack that. Okay, We're going to talk about protein when we do that whole right. webinar about or a podcast about protein let's talk about collagen because that is a big thing for somebody like me who's vegetarian and does not touch animal products i cannot consume collagen so what would somebody like me do right. so let's talk about that on a okay cool. so let's talk about cells and yeah. rebounding sure um so where do i even begin with We're this exercising on a cellular level we'll d- okay so i mean that. If you think about most people look at exercise as something that has a cardiovascular benefit, a musculoskeletal benefit, um, one for, you know, reducing stress levels and increasing serotonin and happy hormones. So you're kind of looking at exercise kind of on that more superficial level but when you start to really look at something like rebounding where you're working um, against gravity there's acceleration and deceleration you are stimulating your lymphatic system which is a whole nother system altogether separate to your blood system separate to your heart and lungs it's this whole nother thing so your cells are really like they they hold memory they hold toxins they Mm -hmm. hold energy they hold um, pretty much like our cells contain everything. And if we are toxic and if we have way too much junk in our trunks, um, our cells contain every single one of those things. So when we start to decrease 
the um, when our lymphatic systems are cleaner, less junk is going into each and every cell. You can think about it as like we are exercising ourselves. It's not really exercising ourselves, but more like we're taking our cell and we one at a time taking all the junk out each oh, and every single okay. cell because every cell is connected in our body. So. I mean, I need to get into a lot of detail with that one. I want to talk about the wet and dry state, but I can't talk about it now because we'll never get through the rest okay, of it. Cool. So let right. me, let's talk about Wait, I want to get to detoxification on one of our podcasts where I okay. unpack a cell and I unpack what it means to be in dry state and wet state. Okay. And I want to talk about that from a, a, a detox thing because okay. it's, I want to bring eliminate into there. I want to bring okay, in cool. that. Okay, cool. We'll do that. Just if you, th- if you don't look at a cell as like this thing, if you look at a cell as a, as a representation of our entire being, and then you look at toxins and you look at alkalinity and you look at all of those things. And then if you're starting to clean up everything around it, the cells become cleaner. So it's a cell exercise. It's cell massage. It's, you know, okay, got it. Got it. So I love what you said there. You say your cells contain memory. I love that. I just, I just caught that. <laughs> it contains this, it contains, but it contains memory. It's a little bit of everything. It's like a it's like a representation of your whole self. You, you know what was yeah. amazing is when we did my when I did my DNA test and I spoke to Carly etc. She also reverted back to this saying the geneticists have picked up like how like like trauma. Yeah, manifests manifests in genes. Yeah. They they exist there. They can they impact your DNA and yeah. what your dad's dad went through and da da da. They actually they, they kind of that was extraordinary. Well, that, why yeah. do you think when you do the work, the mental work, mm-hmm. and you can release trauma through body mm-hmm. stress release and all of these other things? I mean, there's so much to talk about on, on that. Um, how you can actually change your immune system, how you can change your health mm-hmm. by changing, by letting things go, by forgiving, mm-hmm. by moving on, by doing mm-hmm. all the spiritual work, by doing mm-hmm. the emotional work. And then how can your cells benefit from that? How can you get healthier from that? Mm. You know, so how can you prevent yourself from maybe getting a really bad disease like a cancer from fixing the trauma that happened in your past? So that is a whole nother subject. Wow. We really need to stick on okay, rebounding, okay. guys. You're get, getting so, too deep okay, into okay, the okay. weeds. Okay, cool. Athletes. And athletes. we are wanna, never going to get through okay, this list. I want to okay. talk about athletes. This is you hurrying me up. This is just because I know, because but you're asking me about the cells. No, that is a I'm different type, topic. You're okay. a fascinating person. So um, athletes. <laughs> Um, a lot of athletes come to us. Oh yeah, and then they go. Wow. Um, but you know what I noticed? Like when we did the Vitality Partnership, um, you know, with Discovery, and the amount of cyclists that came over, and the amount of runners. Yeah. Those are the two cohorts that came over. Just and we, I just sort of saw it. I'm like, I, someone would come into the store, or someone I'd bump into, and they were rebounding, and I'm like, "What do you do?" And they go, "No, mm-hmm. I cycle." So why do you rebound? And they go, no, because it makes my cycling better. Yeah. Or I can do it when the weather's bad. Or I can do it just before I'm like I'm preparing for a race. Mm-hmm. That last week before the race begins, I don't want to be on a bike because I'm scared I'm going to fall, etc. So then I go off and I and I rebound. Yeah. So that cross training. Well, I think you know when you cycle, a lot of the time you are bent over. It's one of the reasons why I personally don't cycle because I don't like the ergonomics of it. I don't okay. like being bent over like that. Um, and a lot of a lot of uh, you know leg recruitment so yeah just a lot of lower body <laughs> going on in, right. in a cycling you know uh, exercise modality I just feel me bent over like that my private area is being way too much friction there for too long get right. heating up and things there's a lot to be said about that way too much work on just my legs not enough on my core stability and upper body neck a lot of neck stress I mean those cyclists have to cross train in order to keep their bodies injury free because of the overuse of certain muscles and underdevelopment of other muscles 
I, it's not a natural position for a human being to be okay. in. It's not. For so extended if I'm going, periods of time. Yeah, yeah. So for me to choose something like cycling would be unnatural for me. Vertical. I want to be vertical. So oh, a lot yeah. of runners do try, if they, if they have good trainers, they do try and do strength training, agility work, uh, flexibility work, vertical training, because they need to activate their cores, they need to work on their posture, they need to, to really balance their body out in a way so that mm. they don't become sort of leg heavy, very sort of lower body dominant. What happened to the other half of your body? Right. You know, so cyclists like to, they're very competitive by nature most of them mm. they are and they want to be the best so if right. they find that there's a specific something they can take or do or participate mm-hmm. in to make their cycling better they're going to start listening to right. you so we do have quite a lot of cyclists starting to come through because they've heard of this low impact thing that's going to be really good for their core and you also do some flexibility and it improves your strength gains um, and it makes you fitter faster because of how much recruitment of muscle mass there is in any one workout my ears will prick up too if I was a competitor in some right. in cycling. So cyclists are interested right. because of they want to do whatever's going to make them better. Okay, yeah. um, runners love rebounding because, and we have a lot of ex runners too, a lot of professional ex runners or That's triathletes true. that have mm. now have opted for this, and they're so grateful for this modality because they can't run like they used to. In mm. fact, they even say. To other people in the class, don't run. Whatever you do, don't run because it is just going to wear and tear your knees, ligaments, mm. tendons, especially DNA again. If you are prone to inflammatory disorders or um, your, stress. well, it's your soft tissue. Right. So a lot of people have, you know, this predisposition to soft tissue damage. Others don't. They, they make amazing crossfitters, never injured. And others, two classes in, and they're like, got a shoulder up coming. That's me. You know, and I'm the same. So Mm. the only time I ever, ever injured myself badly was actually doing two things. One was CrossFit, and the other was doing that Ninja Park thing where I pulled my calf, right? So way too much impact for me. Mm. So we're all different. So we, that's why you'll find some CrossFitters love it, and they do really well at it. And, but there's a lot of people that can't CrossFit or have done it and have hurt themselves. Lots because they've had poor training, way too much too soon, or they have this underlying sort of soft tissue problem. Again, check your DNA. Check your DNA. It's called DNA sport and or DNA core, and those tests can tell you what you're predisposed to and where you need to watch. So so the athletes, I mean, cross training. So so running. So for for a very long time, there was no alternative to running. Like if you, they didn't want to row. You know, they didn't want to get in a pool. I would never get in a pool every day because of my hair. <laughs> I don't want my hair to get brittle or my skin to get, you know, full of chlorine. Remember, I'm so worried about chemicals. So for me mm. to go into a chlorinated pool every day would be the worst thing ever for is my this health. Why? Is that the reason? Yeah, my hair and my skin and the fact that I'm in chlorine, which is a chemical, all for an hour every day. Like, there is no ways I'm doing that to my body. And that's because of this gene that you... Yeah, I'm just very scared of chemicals just in general. Just by the way, I'm finding this out for the first time. So that's your behavior. But if it was I, like at a health sense. hydro that had an O2 pool, they have an ozone pool. Yeah. So if they use ozone too, then I would get in the pool. I do aquaerobics or whatever. But okay. to be honest, because I want to work my muscle mass and I want to get my heart rate really high and I want to make that workout count, there's really low chance of me doing an aqua class, okay? okay. I just don't find it hot enough, to be honest. I will wait until I'm 90, maybe. Otherwise, I'll still be on a rebounder. Okay. Anyway, so runners really struggle to find a form of exercise that could tax them the way running used to. So heart rate up, sweating, feeling like that was good. Serotonin is pumping. And they like they got their fix. They couldn't find it in the pool, on a bike, um, in the gym. They were... Mm. 
unable to do aerobics because of their knees or ankles or feet or back, whatever they'd injured during um, their running days, but they could rebound mm. because rebounding absorbs 70 to 80% mm. of the impact of your Versus normal typical exercise mm. compared to land. They could get their heart rate up. They could sweat. They could get their fix on a rebounder. And so we have a lot of runners. Yeah, I know. The ex-runners, ex-crossfitters, ex, ex yeah. a lot of people that had uh, professional sports people, like they used to do something, yeah. now their knees hey, are Hey, dancers. Not... We have got all kinds of athletes, personal trainers, um, weightlifters. They come to class going, oh, what's this thing? Yeah. And then they come and try it and they are so exhausted. Yeah. 15 minutes in, they're like, how come? I mean, I've done an instructor's course for about almost five years now. Probably mm. 450 instructors globally I've trained and many of them have been in studio in person these are really fit individuals Mm. and they are dying (laughs) like literally five songs in sweat pouring going this is hard I can't believe how hard this is are are my clients going to be able to do this and then I have to explain beginner classes support bar you know I'm pushing you because you are instructors and they have a whole new respect for rebounding after that because they're used to exercising on a on a, a, a platform that doesn't move from underneath them. underneath them now you add that instability to a workout and it changes the game it like right. it evens the playing field so look at so i guess coming back to the point so if you're a professional athlete it is a great crossfitting option for you because of the impact absorption yeah um the fact that it's the the amount of muscle employment an activation. You want to reduce wear and tear. That's what you want to do. Right. So if you're going to do a hard day in the gym or on a bike or a run, the next day should be an active day because you've got to, you've got to keep your, your fitness level up. You've got to tax the heart. You've got to do all those mm. things, right? You've got to stay on your game. But to do high impact, high impact, high impact every single day is really dangerous. Right. So you, if you want to shorten your career, then do too much impact work. Okay, so make sure that you're doing high impact next day, lower impact next day, back to high impact, high intensity next day, lower impact, and alternate your workouts with a lower impact day. You're still getting the muscle gains. You're still getting the cardio gains. You're working your your body in a different way. You're working your core, your balance, your proprioception, your lymph gets drained. It helps with lactic acid um, buildup if you've Mm. got a lot of stored lactic acid. Um, And you're going to get all the benefits but you're going to rest those ligaments and tendons so that the next day you come back even stronger. Brilliant. It's, it's a really important part of rehab. I mean, that's why if you think about a lot of the, the biokineticists, physios, chiros, yeah. they are actually prescribing yep. rebounding as part of a rehabilitation program mm-hmm. because you're getting all the gains. Your muscles are, are doing the things. Your heart rate's doing the things, but your, your ligaments and tendons are not so greatly taxed whilst they're trying to repair and recover. You know, you need to chill with the training, but you can't afford to, you know. So, like, you, you need to be able to still get fitter, stronger, but now your ligaments and that are broken. How are you going to do that? But still, apply, you still need to be working out of a pool. You still need to be applying gravity. You still need force. You still need to recruit muscle and bone. So, it's hard to do that. So, that's, this is active rest. So, it's active rest. It's, it's rehabilitation on a, on a platform that's forgiving. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think there's no. This it is a miracle exercise thing. People always think like mm. you. Oh, it's overhyped. Da, da, da. But just coming back to one, I think the guys. If you're a guy listening to this, um, I always watch the men in the class. And mm. they, can I just ask you one question? Yeah. Why is it that for a fact I can outrun you? Right. Yeah. You know that I can run faster. I can run further. I can 
probably outswim you and we haven't really tested that yeah, but sure i mean when could. when we're on bounty boots i can go further than you mm-hmm. i can there's like everything else that we do i can do faster better quicker and it's not just yeah. because i'm a guy sure but it, it just feels like you could never really catch up with me in that regard but when we're on a rebounder yeah like no <laughs> why why is it that I think that there's a few factors number one I mean I do it every day for an just, hour just by the guy so guys let, let me tell you something if you <laughs> want to do something as couples as partners rebound because it is the ultimate leveler from a gender perspective you will not be as a guy as good as your wife on a rebounder and even <laughs> if you do rebound and she finally maybe catches up to you she's going to surpass you completely and for in a very short period of time so, so let me talk about why I mean number yeah. one I am a lot shorter than you so I mean I am I, f- I found that the clients that are really lanky really long you know they there's a lot of them they're really tall over the rebounder so to bring my knee to my elbow is going to be a lot quicker then for you to bring your knee to your elbow. Okay. So you are like extended, you stretched out. So I think okay. that makes it more awkward. Um, you are, are you heavier as well? So I'm much lighter. So okay. everything is going to be a little bit more agile. My training is gymnastics and ballet, let's be honest. So that okay. is my background. So agility and flexibility and coordination is my 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 thing. Right. Um, and time spent. You know, I'm an expert. I, there's no ways... That you can't call me that. I've done my ten thousand hours. Right. Um, so you haven't. Hours, you know, yeah. you haven't even done a thousand hours. So I you could know. not be as good as I me. I think I've done a thousand. Um, hours. But no, no but, I don't know. But look, that, I've I've there's seen. There's lots of factors. Yeah, but I've yeah. seen amongst your instructors. Yeah. It's like these are very good people. They like not as expert as you, mm-hmm. but they. I mean, they they instructors. Like great in their own way. But they, the guys, they could, they could the you. guys. <laughs> no, but the point in a is, different way. But yeah. the point is, the guys in that cohort are nowhere near as strong fit capable um, endurance capable I think you can't compare I just I actually think you cannot even compare male versus female I, I mean just think Stephen we, Blanche different. struggled yeah I mean he struggled and yeah. he said he said to me muscle employment but he said the core sighted was just extraordinarily difficult for him yeah and look at him he's ripped and he's got these like abs that show and everything and but also he, it's yeah. different I think if you know Stephen had to to rebound every single day he would get good you right. know, so I just I also think it's time spent on the modality. Like, you know, you've got to practice. You've got to get good at it. I, I, I just, practice every single day. Just general warning. Yeah. This is being a little bit more diplomatic. <laughs> if you're a guy out there and you're looking to uh, do this with your, so I'm not done. Though, hey? I mean, you are. You're rushing no. me a little bit. Okay, I'm not at all. Okay, we're not done because no, I, I do need to talk about a few other yes, things. Sure. So something else when we t- spoke about muscle atrophy, bone density, and all of that. So but that I'm, naturally wait, wait, happens. Wait, wait. Am I rushing you? No, I just, I can feel like you're trying to wrap up. And I'm like panicking no. because I'm looking here at my notes and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm not trying, okay. to, I'm not trying to do Okay, so let me talk all. about, because okay, we were cool. talking so much about muscle mass and um, about how rebounding is actually strength training, everybody. So let's just get that, let's hit that home. What? It's strength training. Rebounding is strength and resistance training. You know, that's so important. With the cardio aspect. Okay. So would you say 80-20, 70-30, 90-10? Yeah, I'd probably 10. say about, um, probably about 65-35. Okay, but wait, I want to pause yeah. you on this point, right? Because... Why is it so important to no, have no, muscle? No, 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 not that. Okay. Because most of the videos going around on the internet were rebounding are the human beings doing one or two things. Revving their legs. They're holding on to some <laughs> support bar mm. and then they're revving their legs at a thousand miles an hour. Knees or, by the ears kind or, of stuff. Mm. And I've seen this, large groups that are on the rebounder moving with one or two moves for an extended period of time and it's cardio heavy. Yeah. So I think the stereotype, and, and I think this is what you've also got to make very, very clear, that there's rebounding 
Yeah. Right? But then there's the way you've done rebounding. Okay. And what I find with your type of rebounding and the mm-hmm. way you do it, and over the time that I've listened and I've watched, you incorporate a lot of exercise yeah. science into your thing. So you do warming it's up. It's my history. You do, you so do, let me talk yeah, about that, yes. actually, because for me, you know, my history is many, many, many years of personal training and exercise science and working with special groups like obesity and cancer patients. And I've done, you know, quite a lot of training over the years. And I have always, if somebody would say to me, what exercise should I do? Can you do me an exercise program? And I feel like, oh my gosh, this is so time it's exhausting and it's time consuming because every single person needed their own approach depending on their likes their dislikes their physical ability you know genetics whatever it was Mm. just this huge thing I mean doing an exercise program for somebody was would take days and days and days it it was something I hated to do because you could never charge for it properly like what it was worth you know Um, and to try and incorporate all the aspects, so warming up, cooling down, strength, flexibility, agility, uh, balance work, um, yeah, tone, isometric exercises where you're holding, uh, unilateral exercises where you're working only one side of the body, then the other. There's so much to consider in any one workout, and that exercise programming would just be the bane of my life to try and find something that would kind of like fit everybody. It, it, there was nothing like it. Everyone had to have their exercise prescription done from scratch. And it would take too much of my energy. So I, I stopped doing it after a while. But when I started rebounding and I realized that it was so inclusive, so a young child would get as much out of it as like the elderly and somebody that was fit and strong and wanted to cross train to somebody that was bouncing back from a pregnancy, somebody that was injured, somebody that was really overweight. That's another thing. It was like the inclusivity of it was incredible. And that, you know, as long as I applied the, the principles that I teach when I do my course, the book ends with the cardio over the, the warm up and the cool downs and then all the aspects that make a exercise program complete. Right. Okay. All the attributes like we've just discussed. Everybody could actually be doing the same thing. They would just have to modify certain movements if they had an injury, work around things, maybe don't use accessories for the beginning, lighten their weights, reduce th- certain things. But every everyone could actually do the same class at the same time and modify certain movements mm. or with or without accessories. And everybody would get the same benefit right. out of the class. It was like this epiphany moment that there was finally this modality that was enjoyable by all. Mm-hmm. It included every single demographic. It didn't discriminate. It was for every age and every stage. And everybody enjoyed it. And everybody benefited the same. It was like, what? Finally, I found it. I right. found the thing. And that's why when they call it the miracle exercise I 100% concur. Like for me, this is the one thing I have spent my entire career, two and almost a half decades, trying to find this perfect, on the perfect answer for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I found it seven years ago. And I've never looked back because I have helped kids right. with low muscle tone yeah, and ADHD, mm-hmm. special needs. Just by the way, on the kid thing, a lady came into the store. The says, autism. No, or, the kid. No, she had uh, the kid was on Ritalin. Oh yeah. Um, she went to the doctor. She bought a rebounder. So like went home, and uh, she put it in the lounge. Uh, a couple of months later, she went for a check with the kid to get her rit- a Ritalin prescription. And the doctor says, "This did the test. It, we don't need to give this kid Ritalin. This kid is fine." And she was like, "What?" And she didn't understand why. They looked at the kid's diet, except a week into it, she says, um, and that's why she came to the store, not to buy anything, to actually tell me this, is that 
they discovered that the child on the camera they were seeing in the home was pulling the rebounder in front of the TV and was bouncing to okay. a certain program every day. She'd put the, the this thing on, on mm-hmm. I don't know, Netflix or some episode or something, and would just st- stand in front of the thing and bounce, not even to one of your programs or anything, yeah. just rebounding. And it was 20 minutes a day that this kid was doing on a rebounder, and no one was noticing. The nanny wasn't noticing anything. Yeah. And the effect was... Now I don't look because they the, didn't classify it as exercise. They just thought, "Oh, the kids doing bouncing no, the kid, from no, the, the kid TV." Did, the kid wasn't prompted. The kid did it. Yes, I'm saying is nobody thought of it as like the kids exercising because yeah. when you see somebody on a rebounder or trampoline, you just think they're having fun. And they're playing. Yeah, you know, you don't think, "Oh, that child's the exercising." Health, the health benefits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think again, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to make. Let's make this very very clear, right? <laughs> that we don't think yeah. that rebounding solves. Your need for Ritalin or ADHD, but I'm just telling you what a client came and told us in the store, and she said, like, now I've got I've I've got two or three of these things in my house. I have one wherever (laughs) this kid is, and I'm not saying anything, and I just I find that my child is just on this thing. Kids don't comment. (laughs) Yeah, but the key thing coming back to your fun factor. I mean, that is so important. Like, so so much exercise is like a slog. But when you get ready to rebound, you just know you're going to bounce and it's fun. So let's talk about that. So, okay, I spoke about the inclusiveness of it all and the fact that it ticks every box when it comes to a complete modality. Because for me, that's that's a big thing to be able to have something that somebody can do every day of the week. They're not Mm. overtraining. They're not going to get too stiff. That was Mm. a big thing because the low impact way nature of it. Um, I didn't want to feel so sore every single day. So much so that put you off exercising the next day because you were so stiff. I never, ever get stiff. Mm. Never. And I do rebound every day for an hour and I often push myself to the point where I'm like, I couldn't have gone any okay, wait, harder. Wait, 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 wait. I, I must be honest. Sometimes I'll do your hit classes. Yeah, but it's because you have a week between workouts. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so if so. you take a week, if I take a week off and then I go and I do a workout, I'll be a bit sore the next day because I okay. haven't used my muscles. Don't so they're kind of forgotten, that. you know. Don't, why are you just But uh, if you rebound <laughs> every day and that doesn't mean you have to do the same thing every day. Trust right. me, you are going to do a different style of, of class. You're going to work with a different instructor. You're going to do a different right. duration. You're going to do different from That's dance true. the one day to Pilates the next day to agility training the next day. You can use this unstable surface in so many ways. Right. Um, you won't ever get stiff because you like you working out the lactic acid. You are working out in a low impact way. You aren't using heavy heavy weights because you don't need to because mm. of the the gravitational pull means you can go lighter with your weights, but you're still recruiting muscles and you're still building lean muscle mass and increasing metabolic rates. Um, so you don't need to go heavy. So if you're not going so heavy, there's less chance of injury and and sort of wear and tear Got it. risk. You know. Um, and that's what I find. My lean muscle mass has stayed exactly the same. In fact, I'm probably a little bit leaner than I was years ago. No, I know. Um, I can see. And Just my muscle mass is, is still there. And it's yes. and I and I and my weights used to be five, six kilograms per arm. And I use a 1.5 kg in my arms. And I don't ever go heavier than that. Maybe once a week, I'll do a bit of a heavier strength work day on my hit class day. Besides that, it's always light. But because you're adding the, the G-force of like four times, you know, that weight, that one kilogram becomes four on a rebounder. You don't have to go heavy. So there's less chance of injury, right, just by the which way, is huge. Huge. So just by the way, when I saw pictures and I was doing it with some of the, the team, we looked at your before and afters, before you had cordless keeping ropes and <laughs> after you had cordless keeping ropes. And I don't know if you've 
I don't think I've spoken to you about this, but yeah. then we can clearly see the definition in your arms now. Really? Because of cordless skipping ropes. We oh. actually have like <laughs> no cordless skipping rope, Lisa, and then cordless skipping no rope, ways. Lisa. And then you, you guys have, did that comparison. Yeah, yeah. And oh we, have, we have... Uh, you we have, have too a, much time. No, we have... We, we, just your arms. <laughs> your arms look so different from, from what... And also... I've done some hectic programs or programming over the last couple, you know, two years. I've, I've shot quite a lot of True. new programs. My, my personal rebounding has upped its game, yeah. you know, and I'm getting better at it. I'm experimenting more. I now do flow. Um, right. You know, I've done level up programs. I, I've pushed myself. So if I look at my style of rebounding five years ago compared to now, I've also personally come right. a long way. I'm pushing myself harder. Therefore, my body is also changing. So like whilst my clients are changing, I'm also changing and I'm almost I'm also improving. And right. so are our instructors. Brilliant. So everything, lev- we're all leveling up, you know. Anyway, okay. the fun factor is now, critical it, for just me. Just finish exclusivity from an age perspective. Okay. Oh, yes. I wanted to tell you, you about that. About so I spoke a, a little bit about I was wanting to get into the elderly. So mm. a big thing that happens with elderly clients is that they start to lose muscle mass. Right. And so what happens is they start dragging their feet on the ground so they start shuffling they call shuffling, it like the yeah. you know like the killie shuffle they, they, they call it like the, the elderly shuffle so when you shuffle and you don't lift your feet properly mm. so your kind of your shin muscles your your, your uh, calf muscles your Achilles tendon everything becomes a little bit more sloppy and there's a huge risk of falling tripping so with a trip comes a fall and because you haven't taxed your muscles properly for years and years your bone density isn't quite where it should be you've got a bit of a brittle bone thing going on you've got porous bones uh, you fall and you break a bone. And just like that, you have to try and repair. You know, you can go to hospital, you get a cast, whatever, sometimes surgery, and it's kind of like never the same again. Mm. The old, elderly people are very scared of falling. There's even falling courses that the elderly can go on, big wow. courses where they learn how to fall sa- safely. If you're going to fall like this, put your hand here. If you're going to fall like this, this is what you do. You bend your knees. Don't do this. Because once you've broken your arm, the chance of it healing, remember you've got less collagen, less elastin, less bone, the muscles, the sinew, everything is just older, less everything. The ability to repair, more oxidative stress. It's going to be really hard to heal. And some elderly people that fall, they're never the same after that. In fact, that can sometimes be the beginning of the end. You fall, you go to hospital, hip replacement, anesthetic goes wrong, never the same again. Right. Or you die on the table. Like it's it's a big thing. Falling is one of the biggest fears if you ask an elderly person. So the key with our sort of older demographic is to get them onto a rebounder, even with a support bar, and to get them to bounce, lymphocytes, health walk, get active and mobile. Because it, what it's doing is that your calf muscle is working 5,000 times an hour. So if you're working at half an hour, it's say 2,500 times. Okay. If you're working for 10 minutes, it's say it's 1,000 times. No person is going to go to the gym, especially an elderly person, and do a thousand calf raises. You're just not going to do it. You right. won't walk the next day. But that is what you're doing. Your, your heel is going below the ground 5,000 times an hour, 10,000 times in 10 minutes or so, round about. Okay, so Jeez. they are working their Achilles tendon, their calf muscle, their foot muscle, their shin, and all of those lower leg muscles are being hyperstimulated and, and taxed, and therefore they are strengthening and tightening. So more chance that the elderly person is going to have the ability to lift their foot when they walk. They're going to have the agility, the Mm. mobility, the strength, flexibility to walk better. Therefore, lift legs. Therefore, not going to fall. Therefore, longer life. So it's actually really important to get your parents on a rebounder. Or if you're starting now and you're only 60, never stop. Just even if you're doing 10 minutes a day, just keeping the flexibility and tautness of your lower leg there. So, so we've, again, I, I, my experiences are always back to the store because I think it's the one place where we physically 
speak to our clients and they come in and we hear their stories and we don't always hear it on social media etc but i saw this guy come in and his wife wanted a rebounder and i took them to the whole rebounding thing and then they left and you know what he did that afternoon he came back with his parents yeah and his parents were in their 70s early 80s and uh his mom came in and then we attached the support bar the t-bar to the rebounder Mm. we put her on it and you know she was like a very stern serious (laughs) i think either czechoslovakian or like eastern Bloc family and you know the the, they can look quite stern and she came in she wasn't english speaking and she got on the rebounder and she held and she started bouncing just up and down and i think she was 82 uh, bouncing bounce and you know what happened she just broke out in a smile yeah isn't that awesome and the whole family smiled <laughs> and like she was just bouncing and then she was looking at her husband and he was sitting on the couch and she was like look at me look at me look at me and then we put him on it and he didn't have the same ability because he was yeah. slightly older than her but just watching that and then he immediately bought he bought two of them because he wanted one for each one of them and they could do it together, etc. And I know that you're working on a program later yeah. for the elderly. And, you know, the objective here is not to talk about bounty and all of that, but um, it's just... Well, it's a demographic that's living longer than ever before. Ever and before. And it's, it's definitely a demographic that people have forgotten about. So yeah. what you told is just to go and aqua-size. Go and get mm. in a pool or go do Pilates. Well, you know what? I ain't getting into a pool when I'm older. No. And Pilates doesn't get your heart rate up. So there's a problem. There's a dis- connect there we need to get our heart rates up and we can talk about actually i spoke about that on our belly fat um, uh, webinar so we can link back to that but you have to stimulate that heart muscle and that is what a lot of like the yoga the pilates kind of things just don't do enough of is is getting our heart strong getting us cardiovascular fit cardiovascularly fit Um, so but rebounding does that it kind of ticks all those boxes Um, so for me like helping the elderly is is a huge thing that i want to do because i know that we're living longer there aren't options people want to stay land-based they want to stay at home it's way more convenient to just do it at home to a to a a program on the tv got your support bar got your little dumbbells or your pilates ball next to you you don't have to leave the house in winter Mm. it's not safe Mm. to go walking Um, and everybody has different biological clocks so your friend might like an early morning walk but you actually prefer an afternoon walk so the it's really convenient so for the the older demographic that are wanting to live long and you always talk about um you know it's health span it's not just about living long but living long healthily exactly so that is what we want for Mm. elderly people if they just had to get on a rebounder every day for 10 15 minutes Mm. so if you've got parents out there and they're sitting around or whatever you know to get them to walk may be difficult to get them to to get in a pool is is difficult but put them on a rebounder Mm -hmm. to see what happens when they're on there but daily and they can start with two minutes lymphocytes two minutes health walking Mm -hmm. and then it can not even lifting off the mat just pressing down and And gently getting confidence and watch them smile yeah it will change the way they walk it'll change their posture it'll change their their gait it'll Mm. change their yes balance muscle mass i mean it literally will change their quality of life Mm. we've got quite a few uh, elderly people that speak about rebounding not for fitness exercise they do it to maintain their balance because th- i think you've said it and i've heard a few elderly people come in say that too in the store that they their number one fear is falling yeah um you know because they know it's the beginning of the end because yeah. very few people are ever the same after a fall and a break mm. it's just it's it's almost like downhill from there it's mm. almost like the beginning of the end it's very yeah. sad yeah. so the thing is don't fall 
Right. Don't fall in the first place. Yeah. And don't do high impact stuff. Yeah. That taxes the joints that gets you injured. Yeah. So okay. Okay. Fine. I want to talk a little bit about um, the pain side of things. Pain side, yeah, so go. because I really want to hear this. So we have a lot of clients. We see them all over the place. We see, and a lot of people that write to us, you know, through social media and emails and things like that, where they suffer from chronic pain. So mm-hmm. they've had you know a, a car accident um, or. Uh, they overuse their, their certain joints, ligaments from too much running, um, professional athletes, etc. And so they're living with pain, thinking that that would be the, the only way forward. And they started incorporating the slow impact modality into their lives. And they started doing it more and more. And they were able to live a pain-free life. Now, for me, I used to exercise to the point of pain. I would you know, want to feel stiff. I would want my hammies to be sore to the touch. I feel mm. like, you know, because you do actually tear the muscles in order to grow them. Right. You do. They're microscopic tears that you definitely cannot see. And then, you know, that little sheath comes over and repairs it. And if you do that many, many, many times in a week, month, year, five years, that sheath has built a muscle. Right. So it's important to tear them. Mm. But it doesn't have to be to the extent that I think we all think it has to be. So, you know, that is what has been a, a mind-blowing revelation for me is that it doesn't have to be no pain, no gain, more is better, all of that nonsense. I've had to retrain my brain and kind of have a whole new mindset. But we have a lot of clients that have come to us saying, I'm in pain, my neck, my back, my knees. I am just in pain all the time. I can't train, it hurts my knees. I can't do this, it hurts my back. And then they get on a rebounder and there's no pain. And the, the smile, the joy, the relief on their face. I mean, most of them actually mm. cry because they just can't believe that they are able to move without pain. Mm. So pain is a big thing that we see. Um, you pain management. And how many people, I mean, just on my, my latest course that I did just the other week, the, the, it was, I, I actually get quite speechless when I think about it because every single person that either sat next to me or because we go around the virtual room on Zoom and then we go around the physical room and they come sit next to me and they tell me the little story in three minutes. And in those three minutes, they unpack why they started rebounding and what it's done for them and how they think they're going to take this course into their future. Mm. All of them told me about some kind of pain, you know, that they'd been a professional this or that they used to run or that they did it and that they, they started rebounding and they no longer felt pain. And for me, that is a huge one. As a you know, an expert in my field, just as a human being, mm. I feel like we are helping clients every day to be able to live a pain-free life. Because living with pain every day is debilitating; it changes one's mood, um, and it's exhausting for the body to be living mm. like that. It doesn't make us very nice people. We all know when we have a headache or we have a sore yeah. something, like how it changes you. Mm. You kind of it, it sucks the joy from you. So for me, the pain thing has been huge. So that's something I, and for everyone, it's different. You know, we have people coming with all kinds of pain from arthritis, you know, rheumatoid mm. to gout, um, yeah, just all sorts. But, so but it's hard the, to get into it in, in, in because detail, it, it does yeah. require also, you know, sometimes a doctor's intervention. Sometimes I work with a physio or a, or a bioconeticist. There's like some kind of prescription, starting slow, working within your, in your zone. Don't wear anchor weights for the first six months. Mm. There's lots of things that we need to work around. So everyone's different, but... Just generally, that specific course, this one that I did recently, every single person said to me, they're tired of working out with pain and that's why they're here. Or they've started rebounding and they no longer have any pain. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this, it was actually quite scary how if there was a theme in, in the room. It's like all the pain people were in one room. It was right. like amazing. So that was the one thing. The other thing is like when you're an instructor and you're standing up on the stage and you're instructing this beautiful class or whether you're on a field doing it or in a, in a church hall or you're on a, a, a school grounds or whatever, 
when somebody gets on a rebounder, they smile. It's actually really hard to frown and bounce yeah. at the same time. And uh, that fun factor for me is why rebounding is so sticky. Because we had COVID, we had lockdowns, everyone was at home, everyone was training via YouTube or whatever, Instagram lives. And so many of those modalities fizzled afterwards, True. like the yogas, the, the home training, the CrossFits, the uh, boot camps, they all died. Like mm -hmm. very few of those, I think I know two that are mm -hmm. still going live Zooms. And you know what they are? They're rebounding yeah. studios, like globally. Rebounding is sticky. And why is it sticky? Because it's fun. And if it's fun, you're going to prioritize it more often. And we all know that the key to getting long-term results is consistency. Mm. So even if it's 30 minutes, even if it's late at night, doesn't matter what it is, if you do it every day and you keep progressing over time, you're going to see results. Right. So if you're doing something once, and then again in a week, and then again in 10 days from then, yes, you're doing it, but you're not doing it enough to see the results. So right. consistency, the only way you are consistent is if you actually prioritize it. People prioritize their bounty classes or their rebounding classes because it is actually enjoyable. Mm -hmm. There's no pain whilst you do it. You don't feel pain after you do it. Mm -hmm. The music plays a huge part. You know, the instructor obviously knowing what they're doing and upskilling, we can talk about that uh, as maybe one of our last points, but you know, you are having a good experience. One that doesn't hurt you at the time or after. It, it heals. It doesn't harm. Right. Okay, And that brings us back to that whole point of people want to do things that they know is good for them, but it, it doesn't incur pain. Mm. It's, it's enjoyable. Anything that is fun is sticky. And when you interview our clients, and we often do that after a fun event or something, we say, how was it for you? Oh, it was so much fun. That playlist, right. I didn't even feel like I was exercising. Oh, when Jonah did this or Steph did that, I haven't had this, fun, this much fun in years. And there's this constant thread, just like pain management, there's a constant thread amongst our clientele over the last seven years. It is so much fun. Much fun. It is like having a party. But you know what? What, <laughs> what? What? I there was a person that came in one day, and he had a. He was. He's. They, they came for athleisure. You know, they came to come look at your body kind stuff. And his wife was looking around it, and he was involved in a car accident, and he had a very spinal thing. So I took a chance, and I just said, "Hey, you want?" He says, "No, look, you can't." So I, I said, "Just try it. You can just just stand on it and pulse." And then he bounced, and he bounced. And then he bounced and he bounced and then his feet left the mat and he was bouncing and he screamed at his wife in the store to come <laughs> and see him. And uh, he was in tears. He was actually in tears that he was doing something that was getting his heart rate beyond 110 beats per minute. Sure. You know, and it wasn't hurting. And he kept on saying, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. And he was just bouncing, bounce. bouncing and he kept on saying, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Mm. And just to see that on someone's face, that they're not in pain yet their heart rate is beyond a certain point it's magical mm. i mean it's it really is it's goosebump stuff yeah um, it is yeah and the other part of fun is that you know the minute boredom sets in so like there's been a time where i was injured not from rebounding this year and i had to go to i had to do gym and we have a gym on that mm. we built right mm. that was like my my thing for moving to Joburg. i'll come to Joburg as long as i have a gym and now i don't use that thing it's got so much dust that every time i go up there and i oh, touch the weights to do a reel of like why i don't gym anymore and <laughs> um, i have to wash my hands because my hands are brown anyway um yeah. and it's like the the boredom part of gym is like oh, it's a lot eh so the counting the reps and the sets and then resting in between so whilst you do 12 and then you rest 12 re it, it is so boring and it takes so long By the way, the other it's day, not time the, efficient the other day at all we went, remember we went to uh, this place in Michalisburg we won't say the name but yeah. we went there they had an outdoor gym 
and it yes. was like boring. We I went, bought the rebounder there. Yeah, we I was went, like, got the rebounder okay, I'm going to bring fun. the rebounder. Steph was doing some weight training. He was doing some bench press and whatever, whatever, because she, <laughs> we only took one rebounder. So he didn't really have a choice. And he was not having fun. I could tell by the, his look, he was really just doing it because I dragged him out of bed. Yeah. And I was having a jaw. I was actually doing one of our live classes online. I was mm. tethering off my other phone. I had my AirPods in. I was on my rebounder with some accessories around me. And I was having the time of my life yeah. on a Sunday morning. And Steph looked like he was counting his reps, couldn't wait for this to be over. Yeah. So the boredom factor is, is is a big problem. And people often say, you know, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't know what to do. And um, I have no energy. Those are like the four excuses, you know. So number one, time. Um, the fact that it's so convenient and you can mm. do it whenever you have time. And that you don't have to do it for so long to get the results. 30 minutes is great. 45, great. Well, you 10 minutes. Even 10 for yeah. lymphosizing, sure. And you yeah. can do it next to your, your kids while they're, they're doing, you know, homework or whilst you're waiting for the pasta to boil or whatever it is. You, it's so convenient. So you don't have to go to the gym. I mean, it was two nights ago, actually. Let's be relevant to my life right now. Two nights ago, Steph was doing a big interview on, on radio. Bella was already down. I hadn't made time to exercise that day. The whole day I was thinking to myself, when am I going to exercise? When am I going to exercise? I cannot go to bed only having done 4,000 steps. That's ridiculous. I know better than this. So I did a workout at quarter to eight. There is no ways I would have ever run on a treadmill or mm. done a gym workout upstairs for an hour and a half or gone and got in my car and got driven to the gym. Even or if you had said to me, <laughs> I'll look after Boo, don't worry about her. I'll watch, I'll make sure she doesn't come out of her room or whatever. You go. There's no ways I would have got in my car, driven there, parked, swiped my card, thought, okay, what am I going to do today? And then come home and 90 minutes later, I make it back yeah. home. There's no ways, but the fact that it was right there, there's a TV right there, I can uh, um, a screen share, my equipment is always set up ready. All I had to do is find a workout. The time duration I had, the kind of energy that I felt like I had that night, like I'm not going to go do a hit class. I did a moderate class. I just did it quickly, jumped in the shower, and I was in bed like an hour later. It was just huge. huge. So for me, it's like that is major. Convenience factor is just no one has got time anymore. So when I said yes. about the four excuses, time. So mm. now we don't have to worry about that, okay? I mean, energy is something that just generally people say, I don't have the energy to exercise. I'm like, if you exercised, you would have the energy. The energy Let's yeah. talk about that in another yep, uh, podcast. Yep, yep. But I don't have the energy. Exercise gives you any energy. Um, then I can't afford it. That's another thing is I can't afford it. Well, rebounding has to be one of the most affordable exercise modalities in the world. I mean, if you look at a, a treadmill that costs you minimum 10,000 rand, we're talking, um, you know, you get those water rowers and you get all those things, which pretty much do one thing. Mm. Okay. True. And you're paying three times or twice as much as you would for a really good rebounder. And you are so limited. I mean, you really have to think out the box. How much was the treadmill that we got? I it think. was like, uh, yeah, it was it's a, not a not whole a, collab kind no, of thing. No, but, but the treadmill was like... Probably a, 80 grand, 100 no, grand. No, it's it over was, 100. Well, it was ridiculous. It's, it's like, insane. I would never, if it weren't a collab kind of situation, there's no ways I would have paid that. Let's just right, be honest. Right. But people do pay that. To do a home gym can cost you half a bar, mm -hmm. like half a Easy. million rand. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're buying all the other things, the fancy home gym equipment, you're into the thousands, twenties, thirties, forties. But one rebounder can cost you like five or six grand, a good one, you know. But if you do right the economics, there, wait, wait, on the economics. But I shot a reel just today about how your rebounder is your gym step. Your rebounder is your bozu ball. Your rebounder is your your box jumping thing. Your rebounder is your everything. It's your, but it's your unstable platform. Everything that you could do on a step, on a bozy ball, on a, on a box platform, you can do on your rebounder wait, wait, and wait. it's more efficient. And, and on a treadmill and on a, but, but, but. Yes, and a treadmill. I also shot that. And I was like, if you had to add up all these things that you have to have, you can get all of that in a rebounder. So, so let's talk about affordability. So number one, it's, it's, it's so, um, 
diverse. I mean, the fact that you can do so many different things on it is just unbelievable. And it is actually affordable because if you buy a good one, you're not going to have to buy a new one every six yes. months. So you're going to buy one that comes with spare parts. So when you do need to replace a bungee cord, you can. It comes with service and all of that kind of thing. So for me, that is, it needs to be thrown out the, the window. It is, it is affordable. But you know, can it I just... Is. But wait, I want to, I'm trying to pause you on one thing. The economics of it, I think we need to shoot. If you take a look at the amount of petrol that you spend getting to yeah. the, the, the gym, if you look at the amount of time you spend relative to that mm. and what your time is per hour, the wear and tear on your vehicle, the parking costs, mm. um, and then you get to the place where you want to go and there's someone taking a selfie on the treadmill so you oh, can't gosh, get yeah. to and it. It's painful. Okay. I mean, and if you take well a look at the economics. self-awareness and the self-esteem thing. I mean, even going to the gym like somebody like me who knows exactly what I should be doing. Okay, I still feel intimidated when I go into a gym environment. I do. I feel like people are looking at me and I don't like that. And I have self-confidence, right? And I know what I'm doing. Can you imagine somebody who is fresh, who doesn't know what they're doing, they have some body issues going on and now they must go and stand in a gym and like squat in front of everyone. Oh my gosh, with mirrors everywhere. I just, I can't think of a worse environment. But I think that we also don't value our time. You know, our time and our energy is actually our only currency. So to be honest. So the fact that it takes so long to get there and then you waste a lot of time parking and and getting the equipment right and setting up your little circuit or whatever you're going to do. That is time. That's currency. You know, like we need to put more value on our time. So for me, I want to get to the point. I want to get it done and I want to get it I want to finish and I want to be able to spend time with my family or, you and know, you, And you don't want whatever. SCOM to get in the way of that. Either. Yeah, and load shedding friendly. I mean, okay. hello. Okay, so, and then not knowing what to do is the other thing that people always say. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I don't blame you. If you go to a gym where there's like 2,000 different pieces of exercise equipment, I would also feel a bit overwhelmed. What to do first, how to do it, am I looking stupid, whatever. But when you're on a rebounder, as long as you are subscribed to a good, you know, um, like a life of bounty, I'm just going to mention it there because we really do have a great platform. We spent a lot of energy perfecting. Um, It's a subscription with lots of programs, workouts, etc., and progressive programs, beginner, you name it, we've got it for every age and stage. Um, Or we, you know, Bounty does offer free live classes every day of the week for those that can't afford anything. They just want to buy the rebounder and then they can do the online classes. But as long as you're following a reputable brand that has like good instructors that are well-trained, you can just hop on and do the class and you're done. Mm. So you don't have to worry about, I don't know what to do because there's more than enough out there. And a lot of it's free Mm. that you can do if you have the right tools. I want to ask you a question. Um, Just it kind of tags back to fun and you know the importance here and i think what we need to just emphasize is there's a rebounder you can go get like i think the quality of your rebounder is, is key and we've 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 drilled on that point but it's also what are you doing on the rebounder that is critical right yeah. so how are you moving etc now mm-hmm. one of the things i want to and and that's where obviously the bounty way is quite interesting but you incorporate unlike when I go online and I look at all the other people about rebounding, I don't see them incorporate as many accessories. I mean, you have hydro balls, <laughs> cordless skipping ropes, you've got hand weights, halos, ankle weights, yeah. halos, uh, little balls, big balls, bands, resistance bands. And say, what? What the <laughs> okay. hell? Why? So exercise science is, is my background, right? So... I have taken all my knowledge of personal training, which I did for 15 years, every day of my life. I sold time every day. I took one-on-ones. I took groups. I took 
couples, that's what I did. And I think I know what people like and what they don't like. And boredom is a big problem with people. So you've got to keep mixing it up. You've got to keep changing it up, using different pieces of equipment in different ways. Change the, you know, do you do cardio first? Do you do weights first? Like you've got to mix it up. Even your playlist in the room needs to change. Mm. Everything needs to change. Otherwise people get bored and they move on. Or mm. people get bored, they stop seeing results. So it's really important to mix it up. So number one is when I realize this is the only modality I ever want to do ever again. That was big for me. I better make equipment accessories that are ergonomically friendly and beautiful <laughs> because yeah. this is going to be lying around my house, my okay. rebounder and my accessories for everybody to see. So they better be beautiful. Okay, I'm going to change the quote, the, the status quo there mm-hmm. because everybody thinks we um, exercise equipment must be masculine, steel, black, and primary colors. And right. I was like, no ways. I'm doing prints, I'm doing leopard prints, I'm doing marble, right. you name it, we've got it. So I wanted to change things and I wanted to make sure that people never got bored. And when you work with different equipment, you are working the muscles in a different way. Hmm. When you hold a halo, it's a different way to when you hold a dumbbell. It's a different way to when you hold a, a resistance band to a weighted bar. It's a, the same movement, recruiting muscles in different ways. Right. So you are going to keep your muscles guessing and therefore you're going to continue to see results. Okay. So number one, it prevents boredom. It keeps it fun, keeps it different. Um, you are challenging the muscles in a different way. People want to be able to add equipment to their their collection they want to have it all you know they want to know what the the instructor's using they've got that so it's like you're building your collection over time it's like you almost earned it you know Mm. so there's all of that um but also because i highly i value strength training so much Mm. and there are different things that you need for different workouts and so a huge portion of what we do in a rebounding class a bounty class is is focused on strength and and toning and core um, because that is where we build our muscle mass and that is where we change our metabolic rate and that is where how we stay younger for longer for me everything is actually boils down to strength training okay so on the probably the last two points i want to talk about is um with with it being so convenient which we've spoken about the fact that you can rebound with your kids next to you if you've got a breastfeeding if you're breastfeeding your baby you can kind of just pop it out breastfeed your baby wipe it down get back on your rebounder you know like i remember that i remember things being so difficult for me when i was breastfeeding and how hard it was for me to like leave the house and go for a run let alone go to gym for 90 Mm. minutes like bella would not let me do that i needed to find something quiet something um kind to my body that was broken after my pregnancy i was in so much pain I remember and that, i was yeah. big i was mm. overweight everything was horrible and i felt terrible and i needed something kind to me i needed something where she could be next to me something that was quiet something that was would work all the different body parts all of that like so it ticks every box right um so the the fact that it's so convenient and i can do it in between things next to my desk when i've got a gap when a meeting is cancelled from home on holiday now you and I used to book our our hotels around if it had a gym, like so we'd have to book five star because only five star hotels have gyms, and yeah, I'd have to Google wellness so center, fitness center, <laughs> and then that would be how I booked a, a specific hotel would be as if it had a fitness center, and those came with the price tag, right. um, and then we would spend a lot of time every morning mm-hmm. in the gym. Okay, now I can book a Airbnb, I can book a three or four star hotel if I want to, mm-hmm. one without a gym. Yep. And I can just take my rebounder in its little carry bag with its accessories and some downloads. And I can rebound outside on the patio with Bella right next to me while you go for a bounty boot. I don't have to leave the hotel room. Right. And I can take my rebounder anywhere in the world. And I have. I mean, I've proven it so many times that I even take a whole group of women on vacations, you know, a couple times a year now, all with rebounders to show everyone that you can take your fitness modality with you. You don't have to park your healthy habits right. just because you're on vacation. So. For me, it's, it's actually saved me a lot of money because I don't have to book fancy hotels anymore. It saved me a lot of money. 
<laughs> so, so for me, there's a, the big lifestyle switches that have, well, um, changes that have happened because I've chosen this modality, right. like big. You know, even something like how we vacation has been huge. I don't even worry about my fitness routine. People get stressed. When they get to December, they're like, oh, no gym for a month. I'm not going to be in my hometown. What am I going to do? I can't run by myself. There's snakes. Or I don't know the neighborhood. Or it's not mm. safe. Mm. Or none of, my, none of the people I'm going with like exercise. Mm. So what am I going to do for the month? I'm going to come back feeling and looking terrible. And they panic. I don't even worry about it. I just know that no matter what, that rebound is coming with me and I will take my fitness with me. I'll come back looking the same as when I left and feeling fantastic. And everyone else feels like rubbish. Yeah. So I'm like, I can testify it's, uh, to that. it's yeah. like, it's life changing. It and actually has changed my life. And you know, what's amazing is every time we go on holiday and then you do this and then people that are on holiday, see you do it. And they always walk up to you and they say like, what is They're intrigued what is, by it? Well, what mm. is this? Or what is that? And they, they just like, they're blown away by it. Okay. Look, we, we got to wrap up. So yeah, I mean, the last point I wanted to kind of bring up was, was about the empowerment side of things. Um, you know, because as a woman um, owned business before you joined me, babe, I mean, I was a woman owned business You're for still 17 18 years okay sure founder and you, you and joined me three years ago I haven't joined but, you uh, happy three year anniversary round about now but by the way. I haven't joined you <laughs> well you've you have you've you've included yourself in the daily processes yeah, of the business and, just so, so people know level us up yeah, level does that. Anyway, yes, okay. okay. We won't talk about that. That's another another topic podcast, for yeah. another day. I think we need to have an entrepreneurial <laughs> one. But yeah, we should. Uh, you've got lots of advice to give there, babe. I'll sit back and listen a bit more. So the when it comes to you know, okay, so let me just. I really want to help female-owned South African businesses. I do all the way actually into Africa, to be quite honest, because I know when I was 19 years old and I started my company, no one took me seriously. I was female. I was young. I didn't know anything. I used to get quotes and they would be twice as high as the quotes that my dad got from the same company a few days later. Like it was just so bad. And I know that it's tough out there. And I, I also realize how much, how many loans and things I had to take when I was much younger trying to set up these huge big gyms because everybody wanted to see the fanciest leg press, the best brand, the treadmills that cost hundred yeah. K each and how much kind of like debt you almost go into trying to set up your business when you're young and you might not get the loans. It was way easier to get loans in that back then than it is now. Mm. Um, and I just feel like it's unnecessary when you are a startup and you're wanting to start with say five rebounders and some accessories. Right. You can do that from a church hall, from a school, from your yard, from That's your true. garage, from um, your local gym that anyway. has a little studio, from anywhere actually, mm. on your balcony. You can start this little business with a couple of good rebounders that won't let you down and good accessories that are ergonomically friendly. And you can start this business and you can add a couple more rebounders and then a few more and then you can get really good at it and you know you have a waiting list and before you know it, you have a studio. And, mm. and like that is what I want to see more because I know that rebounding saves lives. I know it changes lives. I know it improves lives. I want to see more people out there rebounding. I want to see more instructors that are good out there. Um, I can't rebound. I can't take, I can't uh, train the whole world, yes. you know? So I do do this course and I have trained, I think 450 plus instructors. It grows every month, but globally, more, yeah. actually all over the yeah. world, we have instructors, we have academy members that are affiliated with us and some that carry on and do their own thing. And that's also fine. But people often ask me, why do you train your competitor? Why are you giving away all your golden nuggets? Like, why are you doing this? And for me, like I love rebounding so much. I want everybody to do it. Mm. I want everyone to have one in their homes and lymphocytes at least every day. I want the classes out there to be mind-blowing. I want people to see results and to, to really understand what this miracle exercise is all mm. about. And we can't have amateurs out there taking classes. Just like every second person on Instagram is an expert 
at wellness you no. know no some people actually studied to get that diploma or degree or whatever so like there's 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 uh, apples and oranges and like you can't compare the two they are very different things right. and if i empower as many people as i can in my time and i upskill instructors that want to learn from me and i improve the rebounding game at least in my country or my continent I'm doing my bits, paying right. it forward, knowing that it doesn't matter where you go and rebound, you're going to get a good experience. You're not going to get injured. You're going to stay pain-free. You're going to tell your friends. They're all going to join you. Everybody's going to be rebounding. It's going to get the, the respect it deserves and rebounding will be like running. Right. You know, oh, you rebound. Oh, fantastic. Not like, what is that? Mm. You know, and they're kind of giving you a squiff look like something's wrong with you or you're injured or <laughs> you're not telling us you have an autoimmune problem or right. whatever. I just feel like we need to up the game. And there's mm. so many people out there giving rebounding classes that are not balanced, that are not good, that are on really crappy rebounders, um, that are revving their knees, they're hurting people. And if I can educate and uplift and empower people to do good w workouts, good rebounding workouts, it's good for all of us. Right. It ups rebounding game in the world it, it makes it raises the bar and that actually it, I'm, I'm achieving what i'm here to achieve in this world mm. which is uplifting empowering educating growing um everyone making them live their best lives making it accessible making it affordable making it fun making it easy making it sticky making it just let's all live our best lives so for me the course is my way of leveling up the whole game if I right. can do that in my time here so that's why I do it I don't do it because every single one of those people you know buy rebounders from me or they become academy members I'm doing it because and they might never and that's mm -hmm. fine too at the end of the day if people are out there telling their friends and friends and families and did it in schools and whatever corporates that they work with there's this thing and it's changed my life and you need to do it too and my experience with this instructor has been amazing and you know and all of a sudden now millions of people are rebounding mm -hmm. and changing their lives for the better. Like I've won and I want the, everyone's experience to be a good one. I don't want people to say I went there and I got hurt or rebounding hurts you. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it on the wrong rebounder with the wrong instructor, it could mm -hmm. just like with anything. Right. If you're doing it on a good rebounder with a good instructor, you are going to the windows in your sales. You're going to see those benefits. And so it's my duty to educate instructors out there and make sure that they are as good as they can be. So, because it's going to help all of us at the end of the day. Well, no, that's a, I think that's an exclamation point and an amazing <laughs> way to end. I think- Yeah, this, I know this, we have this, to end now, this, sure. this, this instructor's course, I think a lot of people do it not wanting to be instructors. They just want the background and the theory. They do, yeah. And they want to go deep Like good clients, they do it for their own well-being. They want yeah. to, they want to learn how to rebound better. They also love it like I do. It's sticky mm -hmm. for them. It's the only thing they ever want to do ever again. And now they want to do it the best that they can. Yeah. So they come and do the course, never to teach, but just to empower themselves, to almost do something for themselves to say, okay, if I'm going to do this every day, I better do it right. I better do mm. it like to the, I need, I need to understand the why. So when I tell my 26 million friends why they need to do this, I have the background. I have the right. theory and the facts. I'm not just guessing. Right. So yeah, we have a lot of people that never go on to do the, the into ever instructor class or open a studio. They're just doing it because they want to do this modality well. Okay, brilliant. Look, I mean, there's so much more we could say about it, but I think we've, we've covered it covered all. a lot. We've covered the yeah. science side of it, the NASA side. We've covered. Look, I think the the way to from yeah. So to people, yeah. I think the, the 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 directive I would like to give everyone is go educate yourself. Mm. Um, this is not go you, ask chat. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't um, don't just go buy a rebounder and off and away. Make sure it's a qualitative platform. Make sure uh, you make the investment in a proper a proper one, especially in South Africa. I mean, there's a lot of 
fly by nights making mm. stuff right now there's a I mean it's we it, it's grown in terms of popularity be very very careful don't buy a cheap rebounder mm. please don't um it can have dire um, injuries and we've seen people really really hurt themselves so they come off and they do our workouts but they've got these cheap rebounders and they land up injuring themselves so that's the one thing the other thing is make sure that when you're on the platform that you're moving in a correct way that's healing not harmful and i think lisa's kind of ended with that and i think that's a very very good ending so yeah it's for your kids it's for your hubby it's for your partner it's, it's for your mom and dad for your mom and dad <laughs> it's for, it's for everyone and, uh, and it's fun, at, guys. Yeah. It's time to bring the fun factor back. Movement can be fun. It can be healing. It doesn't have to be full of pain. Mm. Um, and I think, the, I think the key thing is, is it's not just, uh, you know, we're not punting our rebounders per se. We're punting... The modality. The, the, yeah, moving your lymphatic system. Yeah. Whilst building bones and employing more muscle than any other modality that you may be doing. In right a now. low impact fashion. Yeah, without Please, hurting Low yourself. impact. As you get older, you cannot do what you were doing when you were 20. Right. You know, you're 50 or you're 60 or whatever. You can be it. fit. You can have lean muscle mass. You can have good bone density. You can do all those things without getting the injuries, without having that daily pain. Just make sure it's in a beautiful low impact manner on a rebounder. So our next one. <laughs> you promise we're going to do it next week. <sighs> I'm not going to promise anything. <laughs> when we have the time to do it justice, we'll do it. We we'll can't it. rush it. As you can see, we were we pinky sweared each other that we were going to do this in 90 minutes. Here we are. I think this is officially the longest one. Is this the longest one? I think it is. And here we are again. It, we can't do this in a rush. So for all those that are listening, if you had to listen to it in bit in parts and five different, you know, yeah, no, this five is different. Not the longest one. I think this it is. is no, this is an hour and 58 minutes so far. So if you've listened up to this Are point. Are you sure? I think it's two wow. hours and 20 that's, minutes. That's, that's incredible. But anyway, according to my watch, I think it was two hours 20. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think we, we, uh, we're thorough. And oh, if yeah. we had to ever send anybody this podcast link in the future, we would have done rebounding a good service. Like, mm. I think we did it. So well done, babe. And I'm not going to guarantee we'll be back next week, but we'll be back very, very soon. That's and we would love one. to hear from all of you. So please just remember you can email us on podcast at lisaradi.coza. Um, and we'll also put the little mobile number there. So if you're wanting to send us a voice note or WhatsApp with some questions, um, we are very happy to help. Um, so yeah, and thank you, everyone. This was episode five or six? This is five. Okay. Yeah. And that's a wrap for episode five. Thanks. Being you. Thanks, babe. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.